What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. We are live. I mean, where else would we be? Right here with you, phillyvoice.com slash the middle. We'll be joined by Sports Map Radio coming up in six minutes at Super Bowl champion NBC Sports analyst Barrett Brooks. That's Harry Poland has had Mays. I'm Aton <laughs> Now, this is the beauty of what we do, right? Because it's a digital show, so it's broadcast throughout the world. Doesn't matter where you are on the planet. You can even get it outer space. If somebody can call in a vote from outer space, they sure as hell can stream this show in outer space. But if you're watching, you might be wondering, well, what's going on? Did somebody shoot Harry with a 12 gauge <laughs> point blank in the forehead? I mean, that's right. a nice clean diameter right there. I know you can see Joel Embiid's face right through my forehead. Actually, He's laughing at you. Yeah, he is. And I, I, I kind of I put Joel on the on the green screen today because I was kind of in a Sixers mood. I've been reading a lot of the pieces about the acquisition of uh, Daryl Morey, and that got me into a Sixers mode. But then I put on my Swing It and Ding It uh, logoed podcast hat, and lo and behold, that's got green in it. So when you sit in front (laughs) of the green screen with something green, it actually shows what's on the screen. I didn't know that. Yes. Well, right now, he's looking at me right in the eyes. Yeah, I'm new to the green screen stuff. See, Barrett, yeah. <laughs> a TV vet, knows right. you, know, you can't wear any green on camera. You look like it'll just see right through you. And right, right. This is an introduction to green screen technique by Harry Mays here. Which so. is a, a tough thing for us here in Philadelphia, given that our football team's colors are green. Absolutely. You know, point. Yeah. We thought about that. We are at a major disadvantage. That's why I wear this Sixers blue a lot. Mm-hmm. Because I know. I told you I had that old green hoodie from the sports shop. And it's light green, like it's got that Eagles old school Kelly to it. Right. I, me- I remember that. You used to wear that uh, back so in the I day. It, right. And if I wear it here, it looks like you could just see my head, like I have a floating head. <laughs> well, you know what, man? That that Kelly green, I was the last. I was, my rookie year was the last year we wore that uh that color, those, those color uniforms. I miss it, man. I really miss it. I mean, those were the days. The last day. In fact, that was Randall Cunningham's last year here. Well, you Is guys that were right? good that year, though, right? Yeah, we were good. We we beat the hell out of uh, what the, year was Detroit that? Lions, 95. Oh, that's right. Okay, I thought that was the year after. Mm. All right, no, no, that, no, that was the lone playoff win under Ray Rhodes. Right, right, right. We made it happen, too. <laughs> Up until, I mean, think about that. Like, it's completely different than a Super Bowl ring, obviously, right. a mile away. But for so long... That was looked at up until Andy Reid's like second, third year into business here. That was looked at as like one of the lone biggest accomplishments 
in a decade was winning one playoff game. Yeah, it was the vote for. Uh, it was the. Uh, it was the. The it's not if we're gonna win, but how much we're gonna win by. And yeah. our own Ray Diddy was the one who heard it and uh, you know, put the story out. He was actually in Detroit mm. and um, he he was actually ear hustling and heard um Lomas Brown say it. Mm. So, Good thing it wasn't a rap. Good thing Diddy yeah. put it into like, oh, you guys didn't come out with some song ahead of that Detroit game. Oh. Eagles, Eagles, Eagles all around. Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. Why, wow, man? Around. It's too early for yeah. that, man. It's too early for that. I might have to do a video of that with the gritty head on. Yes. You know, oh, my goodness. Put it out there on YouTube for people. And, you know, who did it better, me or that other guy? That right. hasn't been heard from since. I even scoured John Clark's Twitter account to make sure that that guy didn't pop up anymore well i can't believe speaking of gritty i can't believe nobody uh superimposed or photoshopped whatever the word is gritty head on to justin turner sitting in the team photo by the world series trophy yet right i thought right. that was going to be a lock well man and there's uh, at this point they're investigating it so mm. why there's nothing to investigate yeah. you see him right there we what, what's what are you investigating He's like, all right, I'm going to go kick it. I don't care what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Say what you will, do what you will. But at this point, the COVID is not important to me. Right now, we just won a, 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 a I was about to say Super Bowl, but uh, <laughs> we just won the World Series. Right. The World Series. I can, yeah. And I can imagine how I felt, man, because I, I, I won a World uh, a Super Bowl. I won it before. So I understand what he's thinking. You know, at that point, you know, all relevance as far as what's going on in the world is 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 gone. All right. right? Well, then you think you're a world champion. Then let's get this out there right now, Barrett. If this was you, and you were with those Steelers teams, and there was a COVID around here, and you were you know sent to the locker room in the fourth quarter yeah, to be quarantined, but you won the Super Bowl, you'd have been out there too, right? <coughs> sorry, Jerome. <coughs> Big Ben. So sorry, yeah, right. bro. I'm sorry. You know, right. hey, I got to be there, man. I'm right. I'm, I'm there. You know, I mean, just the. Just the, 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 you know, when you're walking, like we're walking down the, the, the path going into the stadium in the tunnel, and I'm standing next to, you know, my kicker, Jeff Reed. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we call him Quadzilla. So, you know, Quad, I don't know why he called me Paz, but he would just call me Paz. Hey, Paz, guess what happened, Paz? I said, what, man? Paz, I'm about to kick this ball. Imagine all these flashing lights. And then it really dinged to me that I'm about to play in the Super yeah. Bowl because I didn't get that real feeling mm-hmm. because we were playing in Detroit. Right, and it was two foot of snow outside, so we weren't around anybody. It they kept us like kind of in our area because you know, at that point the game was you know because we didn't have the two weeks before we had the one week oh. before the game. It was just one way preparation. Here we go. In partnership with Jacob Media. <laughs> and you, my friend, are caught. Oh man, that's great. The middle starts now. On the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Home loans that fit your life. Rocket can. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios. Here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Yes, live across the country on Sports Map Radio. You can follow along phillyvoice.com slash the middle. Make sure you can keep up with any reference to Harry's forehead for the next two hours or so. We've got a bunch of things we're going to throw out, including one thing we teased yesterday, and and we're all about helping people. You know, this I don't know if you guys know this, but this show is all about helping people. When we have insight, when we have knowledge, when we have something firsthand, our own experiences, 
and it becomes a big story, especially outside of where we live in Philadelphia, even the state of Pennsylvania, then it's on us to let the people in South Dakota, in Houston, in Iowa, in Seattle, all over the country in on either what's going on, what is really the truth of the matter, or simply direct people in, in that fashion. So we will get to, if you are traveling, and I know COVID has a lot of people restricted for where they're going, but if you are traveling in the state of Pennsylvania, we will let you know where to get the number one hot dog in the state. Hmm. Found that out. <laughs> Harry can't wait to get to this story, Barrett. I'm telling you, he's been pushing for it for like 20 hours now. Well, no, no, he, I, I saw the email. I mean, I'm like, the email early this morning? Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's well, got to have it. I mean, you know, this show is during lunchtime, so it's appropriate, right? right? I mean, what better than a hot a hot dog for lunch is appropriate? It's not it, to me. It's not a dinner item. No, it's a no. lunchtime item, right? Right, right. Could it be a breakfast item though? Ooh. And here's where I say with eggs. You, yeah. Yes. Right. If you mm. slice up the hot dog and put it in the scrambled eggs, oh, you, you may have a meal there. Especially, it's, it's not a cuisine by any yeah. means. I don't know if Gordon Ramsay would approve, but you know, that's not that doesn't sound too bad. However, I'm just so like used to just the regular, you know, bun, hot dog, mustard, and whatever types of you know condiments that you want to add to it. That to me, I'm just I guess I'm just a traditionalist. Fair, I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty mad because, um, I uh, I went to this, um. Oh, Ashley, Ashley, what was up? Hold that thought because we got to take okay. a quick break. We're back in three. It's the middle. The philosophy that guides my work as an attorney is number one that we are in place of a position of trust, and that trust provides a certain obligation upon us that we must um, fulfill for each and every client, that a client just simply isn't another number. Uh, while we may have many cases here, um, the client only has one, and they deserve the utmost attention, information, and a full and candid um, relay of the aspects of their litigation and for us to be available for questions. We understand that the questions involved in litigation go beyond the case. Uh, the clients often have many challenges that they have to face as a result of the um, incident that led them to us. And we must first and foremost appreciate that and make sure that we're there to help throughout not only the case, but also throughout the client's life. All right, we're back in two. Yo, bro. <laughs> I love how you, you hit that right two times. <laughs> Always going in when you're supposed to be. We're supposed to be going out <laughs> all the time. Just remember, because you always say good stuff, and that's the that's the killer of it. Is like we're ten seconds away from the break, and you're like, yo, you gotta hear this one thing. <laughs> all right. So, the, so what were you saying on the hot dog, real quick? Oh, I was I, I was went to Sonic, and uh, oh yeah, I was out of town. I was I would go to Sonic, right? So I'm going to Sonic specifically for a hot dog, mm -hmm. and it's the late night too. It's a late night, you know, run. It's, it's probably what. Probably about nine thirty at night, ten o'clock at night, and I go for the for the hot dog. I want the hot dog. I mean, I'm I'm stopping specifically a hot dog. I went twenty minutes out the way to get a chili dog, and damn it, they did not have hot dogs. Oh no! What hot Sonic dog? doesn't have a hot dog? Yes, like they were out eighty six it on the menu. Eighty six it. I it, it, they were it, it was gone. They, okay, 
Not I like mean, they weren't serving. No, no. They ran out of hot dogs. That's a violation. <laughs> no question. I mean, no, Jesus. You for that. That's what Sonic's for. Uh, what, what next? Wawa's going to run out of dogs? You know, I think that, that, I, I, that's a quality dog, the Wawa dog. Oh, no question. I've I seen think that that's a Hatfield, Hatfield meets. I yeah. think. Yeah. Good well, stuff. Hey, hey, Tom, what's that song, the, the, the beginning one that you had? Do, 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 do. So there's a, there's a producer, um, and he put together a bunch of stuff for us. It's all original stuff that either somebody used and, and it never dropped, like a single or, or song never dropped, or just stuff that was never picked up and used in his catalog. So it's all original stuff. Dub Z is his name. Jeff is his name. He's a really good dude. And he just hooked us up with like a catalog of music. So a lot of the stuff you hear when we come back is that. So YouTube doesn't flag it because mm -hmm. YouTube flags the hell out of everything. Right. This is The Middle on the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. All right, should we just get this thing out of the way now? Absolutely. Yeah, what, what thing? The hot dog. Oh. Because you have I, to. I feel like this is like... Any mention, and now you've seen the episode, Harry. Any mention yes. of that locker room scene oh, oh, <laughs> I mean, oh, where oh, you wouldn't be able to focus on oh. the show without us talking about the locker room scene in the new show on HBO, The Undoing. Are you kidding me? I want to start a fan base, uh, <laughs> fan club for this Matilda chick. You know, and, and the the sad thing is, is she's only, you know, it's one episode and over now for her. Well, don't give it away. Well, you know, if they if they haven't seen it by now, then too bad. But it's a shame because I can't <laughs> wait to see what she's in next. I'm going to watch everything that she's ever done. Okay. Oh, see, Garrett, that's why I was a little surprised, just a little surprised that you were out on the episode building up because so much of the buildup was showing this beautiful woman, Matilda, naked. Matilda DeAngelis is her name. And I and I told you that I agree with it's that. Actress see, I, too. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see the next episode simply because I mean there's a treat that has to be in store. You have to bring me back. That's just like when you play golf. When I well, I well, let me rephrase that. When I play golf, it's that one shot that'll bring me back because mm -hmm. 99% of the time I'm cussing, fussing, and and and, and tearing up the you know the the fairways fishing too. Don't forget. Oh, and, and fishing, yes, fishing. Yeah, right. But that one drive, one drive. I mean, sometimes I hit it so hard, man, that I, I can just hear the 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 bumps on the ball just rubbing themselves off. It's just flying. I mean, Screaming. I'm screaming like, like 380 yards, 400 yards. It what? might be going somewhere else. Wait yards. a second. What are you, Bryson DeChambeau? Bro, what I Go see, what you guys fail to re realize is I, I was in a um, I played in this golf tournament, and um, a prize for the golf tournament, it, they had a longest drive, and they had this guy that he was professional mm -hmm. and he would consistently hit it 400 yards. And it's all about his club, mm -hmm. and I bought that club, and it allows me to just break anything it hits, it destroys it. But you're just not accurate with it because it's about six foot long club. You know what I mean? And it's probably about four degrees. <laughs> right. yeah. so of you could just I thought you were gonna say six degree driver, not six foot long. <laughs> I mean, that's what the shambo's using now. 48 <laughs> inches, and it's like five degrees aloft. I think. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So you can just rock. I mean, I just you could just 
and you can just you I mean you can see it just just going and going and it keeps on going and going, but you just can't go accurate with it. All right. Now, what was the analogy meant to be in the first place? Because because I forget now. When you were talking bro, about when I go play golf, right? Do you do you remember? Because I forget. Bro, I'm totally well. The one shot that. that brings him back. That oh, that's right. The one yeah. shot. Okay, so now it's the one what pair of breasts that bring you back? I mean, what? No, are no, no. It's the it's that it's that that one scene will keep you coming back for more. Mm-hmm. That one scene, like that they have important. they have to one up that now. They have to one up that. Okay, so they I have think to. What's going to happen? And my guess is that they can't waste what they've shown us right away. Like, that's that's a bad move, is to hook us in mm-hmm. with the naked Matilda and then never show her on screen again. So I believe that there are going to be a lot of flashbacks, and it might even be, like, I would not be surprised if there is a Nicole Kidman dream sequence mm. in which she is dreaming about interacting on an adult level with right. Matilda woman. I see. see I, I could kind of see that in, in Nicole's eyes. I she couldn't even hide it as great of an actress as she is. Right. It was, she was looking and you she know, was and, turned on. And, 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 and when she went in, she was crying. I can't tell them. See, got me telling the story, but my apologies, everybody. I don't want to, you know, mess it all up. No, we have time. We have about eight minutes now. You can, tell a story but i'm just i'm just you always tell a story when when the music is playing we've got eight seconds to go or we've got (laughs) 10 seconds left out of the break where we're live all show phillyvoice.com slash the middle you have this knack for being like oh i gotta tell you this great story and it's like dude we got a break or all right hold it because we're coming back (laughs) well well well, harry taught me to be the great teaser yeah you know you know you have to tease going is it now people like what what the hell is he gonna say now well that's what it was like when i was talking about the Sonic hot dogs. See, yes. Everybody's live. They didn't hear me talk about the, the Sonic hot. So I'll go to Sonic. People on the stream did, yes. Yeah. So so it's like it's like 9, 9 30 at night. Mm-hmm. And I'm just fiending for a good hot dog. So I go to Sonic. Sonic, I think hot dogs, you know. I'm thinking, you know, you pull up, they bring you out a hot dog, they bring you out a shake or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking I want a hot dog. In fact, I want I want three hot dogs, three chili dogs, onion cheese on them i mean i'm just gonna demolish them just before i go to bed you know drive home go to bed heartburn the whole day but I'm, it's worth it i want this hot dog and i go there no hot dog how's it no hot dogs uh, no hot dog <laughs> all right this, this actually begs a very interesting question here have you ever driven at least, I'll say at least 30 minutes, have you ever driven at least 30 minutes just to get something specific to eat? Like your favorite slice of pizza or a Sonic hot dog or some steak that you know is only prepared at this one restaurant. 30 minutes is a pretty big commitment for a drive. Yeah. Right? I mean, think about that. Hey, Barrett, you're pretty much in that rain right there, that that area of... 30 minutes to go for a sonic hot dog now you must have been craving you said you're out of town no so question there's involved in that but i mean i've i've driven for pizza because i'm a big pizza snob and, and mm-hmm. i've driven for good pizza i've actually hopped in the car and taken like a 30 35 minute drive now where I'm did you go yeah well this is back up when i was in connecticut uh-huh. and i i would drive so there were two there's pepe's which is up in like new haven it's a famous pizza spot so that's about a half hour 35 minutes away from where my stanford exactly yeah and then the other way is about 40 minutes into i would say the upper west side of manhattan Mm -hmm. and as soon as you hit really like yonkers 
the Bronx, but more so in Manhattan, you just you're in pizza heaven. So there were times in which, you know, as a kid, hey, you know, you do what you do as a kid. You pop in the car and you drive down. Next thing you know, you're, you get a pie, you drive back. Half the pie's gone because <laughs> you're really hungry. And, oh. you know, you save the rest for tomorrow. Well, does it count uh, if you drove home from college to get something that your mom made? Wow. Ooh. Does that count? Because yeah, I've done that. Count. Yeah, yes. that, that would yeah. count. Yeah. Now, it, but it would take me eight hours to get to my house. <laughs> From from Kansas State <laughs> to St. Louis, it'll take me eight hours. But yeah, I've done that before. I've you can fly too, though, right? Right. Well, I wasn't flying anywhere in college, bro. No, we're talking about you, flying is is a convenience a conveniency now. Back mm-hmm. when I was in college, it wasn't convenience. It, it, you know, a regular ticket would cost you like eight hundred bucks, and then if you want to go first class, that's like three thousand bucks. So right. It's definitely changed since then. But I, I'm I grew up on White Castles. You know, from St. Mm-hmm. Louis, the Midwest, White Castles is my thing. And I have driven an hour and a half up the turnpike to New York or North mm-hmm. Jersey just to get me some White Castle. In fact, if you go, if you drive up and get off on exit 7A. From here? Yes. Like Philly or South Jersey up to? The- South Jersey up to exit, I think it's 7A. Jackson. Yeah, and yeah. I'd go get me White Castles. Wow. You know, I've, I've <laughs> done that on a White Saturday. Castle in, in South, South Philly? No. No. No, it used to be one right down there when I was playing. Yeah. There used, used to be, right to be one. Yeah, it's a Dunkin' Donuts now, but it used oh, okay. to be a White Castles. That's just what we need—another Dunkin' Donuts. Right. Oh, they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. There, there's one a mile down this. There's one. I live in in the suburbs, and there's one a mile to the left and a mile to the right. It's crazy. There's mm-hmm. there are more Dunkins near me than gas stations, banks, any municipal buildings, houses, even. So what was it, Harry, that you drove back? Barrett has driven an hour and a half for White Castle, mm-hmm. which doubles down the amount of time he drove for that Sonic hot dog. He never <laughs> right. What is it that you drove home for to get from your mom? Well, anything that my mom made was fantastic. Just homemade food. Yeah, just homemade food. I mean, homemade, you know, fettuccine, Alfredo, you know, with a with like a nice lamb chop or something, uh, you know, the lasagna that she'd make, uh, anything, any desserts. She's a big dessert person, like, you know, three-layer chocolate cake. With It was fantastic. Well, my mom was like, she, you know, we see our menu's a little different. You know, I got that soul food vibe. Mm-hmm. I, got, I go home for greens and, you know, and you mean, she, used to make, she used to make these beans and everything. I mean, it was just, everything was just great. But she, her big thing was these fried pies, man. She puts anything in these pies. I mean, she'd make, a, you know, apple pie, fried pie. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little bitty fried pies. Um, she And then she also makes... Um, like these Twinkies, and she makes her own kind. Like she, they're uh, homemade yeah, Twinkies. Yeah, man. I mean, unbelievable. Are they man. fried Twinkies? No, they're not fried no? Twinkies. I, you know, I don't know how the heck she makes it, but I mean, they're just just unbelievable. Like she, it, she makes them. Uh, what's that? Red velvet. She makes red oh, velvet yeah. Twinkies. Oh, unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. Oh, red. Do you know how dangerous that? I mean, I could sit there and eat a box of red velvet anything. Seriously, like you could put red velvet on dead ants. And <laughs> right, and, and then like, there's nothing better. Red velvet's the best flavor out there. And then it, the, the the interior, the the cream stuff, it's a um, it's a, it's it's a cream cheese type of um icing filling yeah. in it. Oh, yeah, that's that's good. Cream cheese icing. Mom, it's I know you listen. Sweet. It's right, sweet. Yeah. right. Mom, you listening right now? You know, I got to have it. All right, so this will happen. Real real quick, we'll talk about the game tonight. We've got some news that's going on with that Eagles-Cowboys game. It's prime time, folks. So 
I know that a lot of you out there around the country are probably thinking like, oh, my goodness, more with these two teams. But it's a primetime game. So if we're stuck with it, you're stuck with it as well. Right. <laughs> we'll talk about that Thursday night game coming up. But real quick, the spot in question, and this is from Philly Voice, our good buddy Michael Tannenbaum, who does a great job covering a lot of things in and around Philadelphia for Philly Voice, where you can watch the middle if you're not already. Johnny's Hots is the number it's been rated the number one spot in the entire state of pennsylvania so all you yinzers out there who grew <laughs> up watching barrett brooks win you a super bowl then now you know it's not permani brothers or anybody else that's serving a perversion of a hot dog that's the worst man just to let you know permani brothers is oh, the about, worst you can't go back to pittsburgh after saying that wow I, bro but there's other places i can go though but I didn't like because I'm not a big fan of that type of coleslaw, man. I mean, it's it's not really coleslaw to me when you just put oil and vinegar and you put it on a sandwich with French fries. I just wasn't digging that. That's just not. There's that's no not my flavor for coleslaw. Sorry, I mean, eating. What would you say? There's no place in my life for coleslaw. I, I don't get it. Oh no, you don't like coleslaw? I, what is it? I don't like it on a sandwich, but I like coleslaw. What is Bro, it? That's what I'm saying. It's on a sandwich, like. It's like instead of instead of putting lettuce on it, you put coleslaw, and and it's not regular coleslaw. Like I said, it's it's oil and vinegar, and you know, and then you put it on top of the fries, and don't let your fries get cold. Then it's the worst. It's really the worst. Then, but I mean, they're open late at night, so when you're, you know, a little bit tipsy, you know, you'll eat anything, and that's where they, you know, that's what that's what's made them famous. People weighing in on your slander already. Jeff Bruder on the stream. Barrett, you are banned from 412. <laughs> 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 Swordsman, though, agrees with you. Permanent Brothers is overrated. I mean, it's so popular. Everything that's as popular right, as that right. is going to have people that love it, people that say it's overrated. I tell you what's not overrated. The Carolina Panthers covering the spread and winning football games. Mm -hmm. We'll get that coming up. We also have some crazy scenarios, scenarios, props, however we want to lay it out. That could play out this weekend, including the grandson of Danny Bonaducci, Nick Danucci, <laughs> taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Ben Danucci. Oh, Ben Danucci. Ben Danucci. Not Bonaducci. No. I apologize. <laughs> You're listening to The Middle alongside Barrett Brooks, Harry Mays, I'm Aton Schinder, phillyvoice.com slash The Middle and Sports Map Radio. The philosophy that guides my work as an attorney is number one, that we are in place of a position of trust. And that trust provides a certain obligation upon us that we must um, fulfill for each and every client. That a client just simply isn't another number. Uh, while we may have many cases here, um, the client only has one. And they deserve the utmost attention, information, and a full and candid um, relay of the aspects of their litigation, and for us to be available for questions. We understand that the questions involved in litigation go beyond the case. Uh, the, the clients often have many challenges that they have to face as a result of the um, incident that led them to us, and we must first and foremost appreciate that and make sure that we're there to help throughout not only the case but also throughout the client's life. Okay. Two minutes. I'll tell you that uh, that other place that's mentioned in the article by Tannenbaum, I've I've eaten at the original hot dog factory in Philly. It's a chain that was brought up here from Atlanta. No, I don't know that. Pretty good. Where <clears throat> in Atlanta? 
Well, it's a chain that was started in Atlanta. Right, right, right. Yeah. But I just is it is it just in like Georgia? Is it moved around now? Like yeah, it's it's being franchised. The Real Housewives of Atlanta is where it got its first start. Like that's uh, where it became sort of famous. Yep. Yeah, and also um it, it's in a couple of airports. That's where I had it. Oh, it is? Yes, yeah, in airports. Yeah, they're at 15th and Cherry Street in 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 Philly. Have you ever been anywhere else and tried to uh, try a, a Philly cheesesteak? Uh, oh, yeah. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful. And, and that's another thing, too, is a lot of them will just say, like, cheesesteak or, like, Philly steak or something. It, they don't yeah. know, like if you see Philadelphia cheesesteak, then it's it might be worth a try. But even still, it's it's brutal. Bro, when I first got here, <laughs> I didn't know anything, man. I'm going to talk about a country boy, man. At the time, I had gold teeth, you know, I mean, hoop earrings, you know. I didn't know anything about anything. You know, I was just, you know, it was just, it was just uh, a country guy. And I, uh, I had that before, man. I, I came up and said, can I get a steakum with cheese? Oh man, that's you a know, violation. Too. Oh my goodness. They rode me and what me- spot was it? Maybe they were serving steakum. <laughs> down by the stadium. Radio pros. What's that? I'm sorry. I don't know why we're off here. Down, down by the stadium. Um, what's it called? Uh, oh, there are a couple. Um, the one right on broad, right before you hit the bridge. Yeah. No, no, opposite side. I'm talking. This is the opposite stadium. side. No, this is over there by uh, um, by Attack. cheerleaders. I'm, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as you know, cheerleaders down the street from cheerleaders. You're listening to the middle on the Sports Map Radio Network, presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios. Here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Tight line tonight. I don't know how many people give Atlanta a, a real shot right now. They've been reeling. I know they got their first win recently, but Carolina, and we've got our own vested interest in this team, clearly two times over. You know, Harry's got to be so geeked up to watch yeah. Carolina tonight. He gets to see his old coach in Matt Rule, who was here at Temple, and then also Robbie Anderson, who right. is exploding right now. It's amazing what yeah. happens when you leave a miserable situation, right? But it's it's very true, and and Robbie's story is is really a, a great one, um, going all the way back to you know his high school and then getting to Temple and so forth. But he's a guy that played right in front of Howie Roseman's nose for all those years at Temple, and we could have had him for for nothing. They could have picked him in the you know the sixth round, whatever it is. And you look what he's doing right now. I mean, he, he's an unbelievable deep threat. What well, he, he was doing that he was doing that at the Jets. You know, he, yeah. he was a, he was the most consistent guy they had, a big play guy they've had for what the past three and a half years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's again where so much of that is just getting out of that situation, right? I mean, and clearly bad. I mean, think about how many times you or somebody else you played with or somebody you know in the league where it's just and you constantly hear that, right? Okay, get him out of that situation, put him in a different situation and see what happens. Sometimes it's coaching. Sometimes it's just, damn, you're not in a losing mentality. Sometimes it's just, you know, the fans have already written you off as one thing, and it's really tough to come out of that. Like Nelson Aguilar, for example. You know, he's pretty much doing the same stuff he was doing here in Philly, except he doesn't have a million point five people breathing down his neck every time he runs a route. Yeah, it's because the Raiders the Raiders didn't draft him in the first round. Right. You know, that's that's exactly. you know that the Raider fan forgets where he was drafted. It doesn't matter to them. It's just that he's producing for him on the field. 
You know, but is there a, is there oh. what is there a yeah? Robbie was undrafted, right? Um, is there a tougher team to be a fan of in sports than the New York Jets? <laughs> I, I, well, I, I thought Buffalo was that you know for a long time. Um, but no, I mean Jets. Well, you know what? Actually, Barrett, let's look at that real quick. Buffalo was miserable, like the Jets are miserable now. Now Buffalo has changed and turned things around, but. When both of those teams were really miserable, you had one of two things to hold on to. If you were a Jets fan, to cope with your misery, you had Broadway Joe, which right. I'm sure people right. my age wouldn't. I mean, I'm 42 and I wasn't alive or I wasn't around to see that with my own two eyes. So you're talking about multiple generations of misery that haven't even seen that. Mm -hmm. Or the flip side is you had that Bills team that was amazing that lost four straight Super Bowls. But granted, you at least had that moment of you were in them and you could go back to that. So I don't know what's worse, a Super Bowl that nobody in their right mind even remembers mm -hmm. or at least four straight years of a Super Bowl that you've lost. Well, it was the same here in Philly. You know, we we uh, we didn't get to the Super Bowl, but the four straight, you know, what was it five, five times I made it to the championship game? Yeah. Yep. That's tough, you know, but. You know, it, I've seen a lot of people leave Philly and become, you know, stars in their own right. I mean, look, Raheem Mozart. I mean, we oh, knew yeah. that kid, but we knew he was good in, um, he you know, in the preseason. Team, man. Damn. You know, and, and and he was balling when given opportunity. But you get it. You got to get that opportunity. And, you know, opportunity is, is not always given, you know, where you first start out. Yeah, and he's what with San Francisco, right? Yeah, San Francisco. Yeah. He's hurt right now, but he was their number one back the past two years. Yeah. So people responding to your comment here, Kings, Sacramento Kings, the Penguin AZ on mm. stream, and you can get us on the line too, 800-224-2004, at Harry Mays to you, at the Brooks 72 NBCS, and at Shander Show for me. Browns fans got it pretty rough. That's Jeff Bruder, although I think – the Browns, outside of winning the Super Bowl like the Eagles did, I think the Browns have this new sense of hope that we had mm -hmm. when Carson was here and you could tell already that there was at least a rudder to your ship. It's no longer rudderless, just floating in the middle of the ocean. True, but, I mean, they had so much disappointment in the 80s. Like, they yes. got close to, you know, AFC championships and Super Bowls and, you know, Elway and the, and the Broncos ruined it. I mean, you know, they, they've had a lot of disappointment. That That's a good one. And it's, it's, it's a bigger market, too, than Sacramento. Like, Sacramento has is an awful – franchise outside of the year <laughs> yeah the outside of that year they had c webb and you know vladi divak and they went to get what a game seven against the lakers yes. right yes. outside of that they've been miserable it's a it's a good option but it's such a small market that i i don't even recognize sacramento well you know true that the, those northern, on the stream those northern florida teams were, were pretty bad also if, if it wasn't for college football mm -hmm. i mean people would hate they would have be honest with people would have hated uh you know Jacksonville and yeah. you know teams up that way. What about the Orlando Magic? Them too, right? I mean, you had you had a couple of years of grandeur. Mm -hmm. Eddie Shaq, Nick Anderson. Yep, that didn't turn into anything because Michael Jordan decided to come back to the league and be like, "No, nah, that's all right." <laughs> right. And then Shaq bolts for Hollywood, Penny fizzles, mm -hmm. and you're now relying on Markel Fultz and Nikola Vucevic. Which is, you know, a tough sell in the NBA. Yeah, a couple of X Sixers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's pretty bad, <laughs> right? That's got to be pretty rough, I would think, in its own right. That's pretty rough. All right, so I want—I don't want to mischaracterize what you're saying because I think that we can clarify it here. I put on Twitter. I'm going to put this out here. 
Harry Mays TU asks on the middle show. You can follow the middle show on Twitter at the middle show underscore. Is there a tougher team to root for in pro sports? I say right now. Is that accurate? Can I encapsulate that for your question? Yeah. Yes. 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 Right now would be okay. Then the New York Jets, and then Barrett, Philly Voice, Jacob Media. Let's tag Sports Map Radio and everybody else in there, so everybody's happy. Yeah, we need some followers on that account, man. Well, it it, it, it immediately pull it immediately pulls out the Bengals because uh you know their quarterback. So yeah, it really I don't takes think the them Bengals out. Count anymore, man. The Bengals yeah. have life. It, it pulls them out because that kid is really, really good. Mm-hmm. And once they get some players around him, you know, not just on the offensive side of the ball, but defensive side of the ball, you know, and, and you know, see, they're in the rebuilding process too. They, how do you get rid of your best pass rusher? And well, know, he didn't want to be there either. Yeah, that's you true. Know. Too. And I and look, I, I don't know. I guess it's just because of the depth issues and, and money and all. But I would think that Cincinnati is not far away from where Cleveland was. Remember, now, he's not panning out like they thought, but Cleveland nabbed Hooper from Atlanta. You know, they got some players. Over the last two years, Cleveland has been able to get players to come with money, mind you, Mm -hmm. get players to come as a destination. I don't think we would ever thought of that four or five years ago. No, I mean, Addy might be that two years from now, guys. Yeah, They treat you good there, though. You know, I went to camp there. um, Cleveland or Cincy? In Cleveland. And they treat you good. I mean, steak, lobster for lunch and dinner, and really? Well, they, they oh yeah, to, Harry. What yeah. else are you doing? Yeah. They treat you really good, man. I mean, they, they <laughs> spare no expense on your own. You get lost downtown Cleveland. They even brought out. They brought LL Cool J to to come um to to practice and and, and, uh, and do a, a little concert. What year was practice? Uh oh. What year was this? Uh-oh. This is uh. Now you got oh, him riled up. This is like oh. Hold on, we'll be back. Coming up. Oh one. the philosophy that guides my work as an attorney is number one that we are in place of a position of trust and that trust provides a certain obligation upon us that we must um, fulfill for each and every client that a client just simply isn't another number. Uh, while we may have many cases here, um, the client only has one. And they deserve the utmost attention, information, and a full and candid um, relay of the aspects of their litigation and for us to be available for questions. We understand that the questions involved in litigation go beyond the case. Uh, the, the clients often have many challenges that they have to face as a result of the um, incident that led them to us. And we must first and foremost appreciate that and make sure that we're there to help throughout not only the case, but also throughout the client's life. Okay, we're back in two. See, now you got him riled up, uh, Barrett. <laughs> when you mentioned LL Cool J, I knew that what was going to set Eton off. It was either 2000 or 2001. I think it was 2000. In fact, I'm, 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 I know it was 2000. So, so that's 2000. like free actor LL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's before he was a uh, a cop. Uh, what's the what's the show? SWAT. Huh? <laughs> he on that show, SWAT. Yeah, he, he did do that show, SWAT. He also did. He also has that that NCIS LA or something. Yeah, he's in the movie SWAT. Yep, yep. Also, that that the cheese steak restaurant I was talking about was Tony Luke's. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah you ordered a you ordered a steak I'm at Tony Luke's. That's great. Yeah, man. they were pissed. They were really pissed. Who is this guy? What, what is this guy doing? And then uh, <laughs> I used to have to buy 
sandwiches, breakfast sandwiches for the offensive line my rookie year. And they used to order them from Tony Luke's. And each one of them damn cheesesteaks were like, like 12 bucks a piece because, you know, at the time, hold on. And I know you guys gonna think I'm lying right now, but look, they used to sell ostrich, ostrich steaks. Mm-hmm. Really? That's yes. good. Ostrich burgers are good. And it's like lean. It's like hamburger. It's not like chicken. It's like hamburger. So it's leaner than even beef. So they would order really? that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So they order ostrich burgers with egg, cheese, and potatoes, onions now, on where it. Where was this? Tony Luke's. Really? Yes, Tony Luke's ostrich burger, and they because they said it was more healthy, mm. but all the other stuff you had on it would make it not healthy. But that was right. the, oh, you know, we need to be more healthier. Let's let's order, you know, ostrich steaks. Yeah, I don't know that anybody's going to to Tony Luke's to be healthy. Right. I guess if you have the illusion on the menu, mm. like, but then my boy got back and turned around and said, Hey man, um, and bring me, bring me a bowl of fruit too, you know, just so I, you know, I can stay healthy. I'm like, all right, stay healthy. This is the middle on the sports map radio network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. All right, so tonight, is anybody on the Falcons? Anybody think the Falcons can win this football game? Because I am not. I can't imagine that Harry is going to root against Temple South. Yeah, I'm not betting the game. I'm just going to sit I, back and, you know. always have to be a bet with you, Harry. Okay? Well, I'm because that's it's always a bet with you. That's why. <laughs> he's trying to divert it on you, Harry. Jesus. <laughs> what going? I mean, you think they're going to win one for the gift because he uh because their head coach is gone? No, it's not no. how. They're, they're not get that destroyed. good on defense, and I just I don't know how we talk about Dallas and all the weapons they have around the quarterback. Yeah. I just don't know how you can put out three receivers healthy like the Atlanta Falcons do and lose games. It, it's, it's a short line, though, on. man. It's a short line. On the road. machine, though. They've covered four of their last five. I, mm-hmm. I think Carolina wins the game outright, but I, I just I, I wonder what is it? Like, let's look at this, Barrett. What is it from the Atlanta Falcons that would cause people some angst about taking the Carolina Panthers to win this game convincingly? Because even I mean, there's rumors Christian McCaffrey can play tonight. He's questionable. Right, he, right. He hasn't even been ruled out tonight. You add McCaffrey back, and Mike Davis did a hell of a job stepping in. He did. They I, won I, they won three straight after McCaffrey left, right? Yeah. Right, right. You know? Uh, you know, I mean, when you look at that game, I don't think it, I don't think like you got like, well, not not you, Harry, my fault. I'm not gonna say you, but I don't think like you know Aton does, right? When he looks at it, he's looking from the line, he's trying to figure out what's you know, who's gonna do this. And no, mm-hmm. it's more so with me, it's just the athleticism and the players that are out there. And I think you always got a chance when you got Julio, Calvin Ridley, um, you know. And really, really good players, man. And 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 added in the fact that, you know, Matt Ryan is still, you know, Matty Ice can play. He can play, man. Defensively, not gonna stop anybody. But there's little things that that crush them. You know, not necessarily the athletic talent or who they are as a team, as far as the athletes they have, but the stupid decisions they make. Yeah. They make awful decisions, penalties upon penalties. How do you not cover a kickoff? That's oh yeah, they they should have won right. that game. They should have right. won that right. game, and they should have won the they should have won the Detroit game too. They should have right. two wins. 
Is there any truth to the rumor that James Franklin was on the sidelines before that onside kick? I think so. I think he was <laughs> spotted there. Everybody up on, on what yeah. to do or, or technically what not to do. All right, 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 right. That's, I, you know, you're right, and the defense has been a major Achilles heel. I mean, it's been an Achilles leg, if you mm-hmm. really look at it. it. It's been killing them. That they don't even put up outside of early on, and, you know, the Dallas game, because we know how bad Dallas's defense was. But the first couple of weeks, it seemed like, okay, Atlanta was going to lose every week, you know, 48 to 42 or something like that. But even their offense, now, granted, guys have been hurt, and I get right. it, but their offense has slowed down a little bit. And you don't even have many opportunities to work Todd Gurley in as you normally would a running back in game scripts when you're down 10, 20 points early on. Exactly, and that's the problem. They're always playing from behind. So you can't really utilize him as a strength. Man, he can still play. And that offensive line is, I mean, they're okay. I mean, they have some guys that can play. They have one of the best centers in the league in Mac. So I don't understand why they're not putting up as many points as they should. I mean, just looking at their roster, you got, you know, Gurley, Julio, you know, Ridley. You have some players that can put up some points. You know, I mean, that left tackle is one of, you know, better guys in the league. Jake Matthews, one of the Matthews clan. You know, all mm-hmm. those guys are good. Yeah. And they just don't, I don't know. I mean, it, this person makes a mistake, that person makes a mistake, you know, and, and it just throws them out of kilter. If they could stop somebody every once in a while, I believe they could pick up big points because now you can run a consistent offense, you're running the ball a little bit, you know, then passing the ball, give the illusion that you're going to try to, um, you know, run the ball. When you do that, now you can, you know, really get up on teams, but they never get a chance to because they're always from behind. This, always. Is, this is revenge for the Falcons, though, already. Too. They've already really? played Carolina and lost really? at home. Um, here's a here's a good trend for this one, Aton. The under is six zero and one in the last seven head to head matchups. Atlanta, Carolina, in so, Carolina, and I pounded that ahead yeah. of time tonight. And <laughs> if you, I think if you still look at it right now, I think it's forty one and a half, right? Mm. And forty one, as Harry will tell you, Barrett is a key number. I'm learning, man. I'm learning. You know, I don't speak the lingo. Well, look at this way. There are about five key numbers. Harry can step in because he knows more than me about this, even though he likes to pretend that I am this big name. (laughs) It's 51. Well, the the total is 50. Well, that's another key number. I mean, that's just not as big of a key. So there are about five when you look at it. But here's the thing, too, is and not to go full deep into this, but it is a big part of what we all do and, and how we interact and look at games. But. Up until I would say like two years, and I don't know if the data has shifted, but there are about five key numbers where games for the most part will end. And if you just look at how scores happen, seven increments, right? Mm -hmm. Seven, three, then you get to these five totals. And that's why when you have a total like 51, for example, and that total might be 51 and a half, Mm -hmm. well, chances are that it might end at 51. So you go under, right? Or if it's 50 and a half, Again, you go over. So you've 27, that. 24, you know, that, that kind of exactly. thing. But I tell you, the two-point conversion Thank and you. the infatuation, the infatuation these coaches have with going for two, even when they it's really unnecessary, and then they start chasing points, has really changed a lot with, with overs and unders. Oh, okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I can see. And the other thing I was going to add to that, I'm so happy you brought that because you just read my mind, Harry, is now ever since Belichick complained, that there was, it was too easy to make an extra point. Now you see more kickers miss extra points, and even that one point might be the difference between finishing at 51 or 54 uh, or something along those lines with a field goal. So a missed extra point now 
to Harry's point about the two-point conversion. Yep. Code. It's a so killer. It throws, uh, yeah, it throws off the, the odd or the, the seven. And, mm-hmm. and you know, <laughs> you know you, you're teaching me to be a de- degenerate. No, Stop no, no, it, no. man. Not, not at all. It's, it's all about the all-encompassing <laughs> viewpoint of it. But look, let's look at it, and we'll defer to you here, Barrett, for a second, the football element of it. I would think that a lower-scoring game at, helps Carolina that a lower-scoring game allows them to control the ball. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't happen. Now, D.J. Moore has developed into a blossoming deep threat. You've got Robbie, who can be a 12-15 catch guy on any given night, but they still want to move the ball quicker as opposed to just one big strike. I would think that that keeps Atlanta's offense off the field a little more. Lower-scoring game, as Harry laid out, the trends have been under, under, under. That's got to help Carolina more than Atlanta. I would agree. No question. Yep, yeah. you're absolutely right. Now, now you have a team that's going to control the pace of the game, and that's what you want to do. I mean, there's always that if they get it together on Atlanta's offensive side of the ball, they have the weapons, they have the 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 ammunition to be a really good offense. Right, I'm and if out. you keep them off the field, you're you know your 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 odds are better winning the game. DraftKings has it, it at 51 and a half, Aton. So allow me a second to put in something here on my phone. Uh, you're going to go under that real <laughs> yeah, quick? Yeah, I'm going to go under. It's a smart play, sir. Yeah. Smart play. But that's it. I mean, now, now we're talking. Now, I, I could also see a game, and I don't know if any better would not, but I could also see a game that plays out contrary to the narrative. Now you've got Anderson on one side, DJ Moore on another side. You've got Ridley, Hooley. I mean, you've got three guys, even if you want to add the tight end, and Atlanta. So when you pair these two teams, their offenses together, fellas, it looks like it's a shootout waiting to happen. But the contrarian play tonight would be big game on the ground, a tight game throughout. It's 10-7 going into the half. Todd Gurley has 15 touches. If it's McCaffrey or Davis, you know, they've got 16, 17 carries. And now all of a sudden you see a game that's really run by the running backs as opposed to this big offense. And that's as an offensive line, you love that. Sorry. As an offensive lineman, you love those type of games, and that's the game you want. And you're looking at Matt. I don't know if Matt likes that type of atmosphere. He wants, you know, he wants to get the, get it going. Yeah, he's he overrated. That. <laughs> he is overrated. I'm seriously. He, he, count, the number, count the number of big games that he has won in right. his career. Seriously. All right, it just went to 51. It's a 51 and a half to 51. Well, it's dropping, so clearly other people are listening to you are on this as well. I, I mean, think about it. I would probably take under until it gets to fifty, wouldn't you? Well, I just took it. Yeah, I, I, think <laughs> you're fine there. I think you're definitely okay there, by all means. Now, if you want to look at what tanking is in the NFL, it might be what's happening in Jacksonville. Did you see this? Gardner Minshew, just saw this come across the line. Is what, out. do you have COVID? No, no, no. It's it's an injury. So it's oh. an actual injury, and it looks like he's going to be out for the foreseeable future. I don't even know who their backup is. Does anybody have any idea who their backup even is? No. Uh, no. It's probably somebody we know. It, it's just that off the map or radar. But, man, this team is doing everything possible to ensure that they're there to draft Trevor Lawrence. It's crazy. Everything. Wouldn't, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Uh, Mike Glennon. Oh, no. Wow. Six, six foot nine, six foot ten, Mike Glennon. Money heard about him. Glennon? Yeah, I've heard about him since he left uh, Tampa Bay, and he was gone for like three years, and I don't know where he went th- during that time. Well, he made enough money, man, that he could chill out and just do nothing. Oh, that's right. He was in um, 
He was in. Uh, he was with the Raiders. That's right. He was with the Raiders. I, I saw. Wasn't everybody with the Raiders at one point? Yeah, <laughs> you're right. At, at one point, there is. Now, I saw uh, this rumor come out here, and and we may need a little more time on this. As we'll break in a couple of minutes. We also have. We went from the most hated state being New Jersey, followed by Texas, then California. California. Yeah. We now have, according to Sports Insider, the most hated team in the NFL. And I can tell you this, Barrett Brooks is not going to be happy. Although maybe he is after the slander that came out of his mouth towards the 412. No. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Most hated team in the NFL. Because of all the rings? I'll give you the reasons from Sports Insider. The Pittsburgh Steelers are, quote, the most hated team in eight states. The most among any team in the NFL. Now, what states do you think those Ohio. Ohio is Maryland. Maryland is another one. Great. You're two for two. Um, Stay in the same area here. There's nothing that's totally out of whack. Like, you're not going to find any West Coast or Northwest state in here. They're all pretty much similar. Indiana? No, but. For the Colts? No, not. You you want to go a little more South, Southeast at this point. There's a big. Oh, Tennessee. They just lost. Yes. Tennessee. They hate Pittsburgh. That's the number one state that hates Pittsburgh Mm. more than anything else. So you've got Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, Maryland, Delaware, Connecticut, and of course, Rhode Island. Well, yeah, Tennessee used to be in the same division with Pittsburgh. Correct. Yeah. So that add a add a big, and I think a lot of these guys remember Barrett and some other, you know, these other players, and they think, oh, I hated him, man. I hated him. (laughs) It's it, you know, because it's 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 a cockiness, it's an air that you know when when you step on the field. It's like, you know, you've already won without even playing. I, th- I know yeah. Belichick had that same type of, uh, you know, era where they, as soon as you step off the plane, you know, we we were kind of like that because we thought that we practiced against the best players on, the, on in the NFL. So why would we think anything less when we go out and play somebody? You know, we have the best free safety, the best strong safety. We have the best old line. We have the best defensive line. Uh, we have the best linebackers in the league. We have the best quarterback, well, the second best quarterback in the league. You know, that's what, you know, that's how these guys thought uh, with the Steelers. I just never hated the Steelers. I have so much, I have so much respect for for how they do what they do. You know, they stick to their plan and, and, you know, they just know how to draft. Look at the way they draft and develop defensive players. All those years, they'd lose guys to free agency, linebackers, linemen, you know, you you name it. And they would just draft another one. And they do the same thing with wide receivers now. They're one of the best talent evaluation units of wide receivers that I've seen. It's no question. Great point. Yeah. And they develop everybody. Mm -hmm. They didn't really have hateable guys. I mean, Roethlisberger, whatever, you know, I I get that. And I could see you hating him. Yeah. Right. But – these guys were not hate guys you played with, and when you won with Barrett, they were not hateable. Jerome Bettis was the last thing I would say about Jerome Bettis was hateable. Mm-hmm. No and your point about cockiness. Why wouldn't New England? Like I would think New England would be the most hated team, or that yeah. Dallas, just because of the rejection of it being America's team stuffed down our throat. Or well, even I think those two are. Eagles. You're right. You're right. I mean, eight times at the end of the day, that's what they are. Take a quick break on the network. We'll be back to wrap the hour here. It is the middle, phillyvoice.com slash the middle, and of course, Sports Map Radio. The philosophy that guides my work as an attorney is number one, that we are in place of a position of trust. And that trust provides a certain obligation upon us that we must um, fulfill for each and every client. 
that a client just simply isn't another number. Uh, while we may have many cases here, um, the client only has one, and they deserve the utmost attention, information, and a full and candid um, relay of the aspects of their litigation and for us to be available for questions. We understand that the questions involved in litigation go beyond the case. Uh, the, the clients often have many challenges that they have to face as a result of the um, incident that led them to us. And we must first and foremost appreciate that and make sure that we're there to help throughout not only the case, but also throughout the client's life. Okay, we're back into. I was looking through any audio. Do you see anything here? Nothing really. I didn't even get that email today. No? No. Is Larson out on me already? Might be. <laughs> Might have had enough. We got to go through these props that you want. Yep. Also, do you see this Galladay thing? We could talk about that at the top of the hour. The Lions receiver? Yeah. What What did he do? The rumor that the Giants are trading for him. What? What? Yeah. I, I'm I'm looking at it right now. Kenny Galladay to the to the yes. Giants? Yes. Detroit Sports Nation Giants Wire SI.com. Detroit just traded for. Uh, didn't they get the the Cowboys lineman uh, defensive? Lineman, just now, was it Griffin? Yeah, Griffin. Oh, he just got traded to him. Yeah, Evan yeah. They, so they yeah. they acquire him, and yet they're trading one of their their biggest weapon. I don't get that. No, it doesn't make sense either. You gotta look at their roster. Let me see what their roster is looking like. They must not want to pay him. I bet his contract is up soon. Oh, it's definitely up. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely up. The Gettleman guy. He's. <laughs> he's shot. Yeah, he, I don't like him at all. Yeah. All the players hate him too. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. He was I'm good bad. to me. He's a good guy to me. Where did you deal with him? Where did I deal with a gentleman? Because he came from Carolina, didn't he? Yeah, but um, I used to see him all the time at the combine. We we would sit down oh. and have conversations, long conversations. You know, he he was just a good dude to me. Oh, we're back in ten. I thought of more as a you know a big time exec, more so than a player uh, talent evaluator. Mm-hmm. You are listening to the middle on the Sports Map Radio Network, presented by Rocket Mortgage, live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios. Here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. All right, we'll wind down here. Hour one, we'll be back to do a bunch of things, including fake news with Ron Culver, 1225 Eastern, our weekly chat with John McMullen at 1240 Eastern, our NFL insider courtesy of Jacob Media. Now, I am curious, before we break on the network here, we spoke about something in the first hour to open up about where you would find the best hot dog in Pennsylvania. The rankings are out and who are us, you know, or we, I should say, to ignore the fact that Philadelphia wins again. And then it begs the question, at least we asked it, Harry did. Oh, no, that was another question. Sorry about how far you would drive. Harry drove an hour and a half to go home mm-hmm. or home cooked meal being at ship you. And I don't blame you for that. Barrett has driven an hour and a half for White Castle. So Ron Culver, of course, producing the show back in Houston, 
is a Southern California transplant. And I, I just, I would guess that maybe it was when you first moved or early on, and maybe it's still now, that there is something that you've driven for that you had to go outside of your radius to find to eat. Yeah. You mean uh, while living here in Texas? Correct. Well, I mean, I, I didn't make it a special trip. It wasn't a point to go to that place. But since we were in San Antonio doing a little uh, um, weekend getaway, I made sure to hit in and out there about three times. Mm. So, to bring you back home. Yes. I knew there but was. But now we have one in, uh, in our in our neighborhood. So now it's, I don't have to drive anymore. <laughs> See, that would be like a White Castle popping up in Barrett's neighborhood. <laughs> I wouldn't cross the bridge. <laughs> no, you wouldn't have to do anything now. You just drive around the block. It'd be like yeah, I mean, a pumpkin popping up. You're going across the bridge. You're paying an extra five dollars for your white castle, right, man? You know? you the markup is too extreme. extreme. Might be worth it. Might be worth it. All right, coming up, hour two here on Sports Map Radio. All right, now let's look at this here. Hold on, before you before we start that, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. I I have drove 45 minutes to get over uh, this place on Broad Street. It's called Stingers. It's a shrimp place. Oh, yeah. The shrimp place. I go get Stingers now. I'll drive. I'll make that 45-minute drive. Well, it's not even 45 minutes. It's about 30 minutes. Stingers Stingers shrimp. shrimp. Yes. It's a line around the corner. Go ahead. ahead. It was so so good, dog, that even during COVID times, it was still a long line. I'm like, yo, let's practice social distancing. Get the hell back. Pack back up. Give me six feet. And if it gave them, everybody get their six feet, it'd probably be a two-block line for it. I mean, you got to make sure that they have enough shrimp because sometimes they run out of shrimp. It's good, man. That's right where – that's for those who don't know, that's right where you get off Route 1 on 611, on North Broad. Mm. Right. You're, you're in North Philly, and you're right because Route 1, like, that'll run right through 611, North Broad. So you just pop right off there. And, I mean, that's – so the iHeart show, whenever I'm down in that studio, that's how I get back because I live up by, you know, Willow Grove and all. So I'll just take there's no easy way to get there except going nope. North Broad. So I'll drive through North Broad the whole time and I'll pass that right there. I mean, you're right. Like hunting, hunting park, right? You're not far yes. from just north of Temple, Harry. Oh, is that Sid Booker's place? Yeah, Sid Booker's. Booker's. That's it right there. Sid Booker's. Yeah. yeah. Stinger yeah. Sid Booker's. Yeah. yeah. Sid Booker's Shrimp Corner, I think is what it's called. And that's back yeah. in the day. Hey, if you took a girl to Sid Booker's, you knew what side of the menu that was coming from. Uh, is that right? <laughs> you get you getting Sid Booker's, you know what's going down. Is that right? <laughs> yes, sir. Is that sir. the best shrimp in the city? Well, it, it was back then. I, last time I had it, like, what? Just before COVID. Just before. Mm. So we're talking about... In January, it was cold outside. I'm still sitting outside, waiting for some Sid Booker's <laughs> stingers, baby. Oh man, <laughs> that's too much, bro. That's classic. That is great. Now, what was the other one? Um, do you remember that it was it was down right by Pat's and Gino's, Sam's Clams? Do you remember that one? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you were playing probably back here when Sam's Clams. Yes, sir. Do you? Yes, uh, sir. What happened? That now it's like a bar, right? Or it's like a yep. garage, isn't it? The garage, that bar that opens up like a garage. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, everything's different down there now, man. Oh, Pastor Gino. I mean, how 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 does that happen? How did those two restaurants? I mean, those two uh, cheesesteak places just 
stay alive for that for that long right down there. Could it be tourism? Tourists. Really? Mm. I ne- I used to live on Six and South, and I would be all over. Now, gyms, I get. I, I like gyms. It's not, yeah, it's not my favorite. By yeah. Name, I don't hate it. And I That's read- at Fourth and South, I think, right? right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right across from – um. um What's the what's the other one? Uh, well, Isca Bibbles uh, is right. Isca Bibbles, yeah, right. and that's that's the best chicken steak I think in the mm. city. But oh, uh, you chopping up baby food, make it you know put that cheese in there, mix it in. Did you get you a gremlin with some cheese fries? It's all good, baby. It's all good. <laughs> we try to get you guys down with the the you know delicatessens in this in this in this Philadelphia area. You got to say it a certain way. I lived at Isca Bibbles. All right. And probably too much. And then there was also a steak spot that got flipped into a fast food place. I forget the name of it, but it was also on South. But I, I also and I think Steve's was there as well. So I, I get it. Like there's some good steak spots even on South. But the I reef. Never, what's that? The reef is amazing. Also, go eat some oxtails. Well, the reef is right across the street from Jim's, right? Yes. Well, down the street from Jim's. Yeah. Oh, well, o- oxtail. I yes, ain't even no oxtail. Man. Yeah, hurt the, yeah I gotta bring. I gotta bring you some, Harry. You'll hurt you. What a good season yes. oxtail and a bowl of brown rice. Shh, man, you hurt little yourself, beans man. in them too. It's nah, it's, I'm out on oxtail. Jamaican <laughs> grub, man. You say that, man. You say that. <laughs> I didn't know what it was until I finished eating it. Not that people were fooling me, but it was just right. Like, you know, you could eat this in the fridge, and and I was eating it. And this is years ago. Mm. Stuff up in Brooklyn, and I, I got to be honest, I I love it, man. It's really good, and you wouldn't Steve's. know. He's the prince, Mo. Yeah, the prince. The prince of steaks. Do you know anybody that's from Philadelphia that has, that eats, not has eaten, but eats at Jim's or, or not Jim's or Pat's or Gino's? Because I think you're right. I think it really is just living off of tourism. Mm-hmm. No? no? I mean, I've, I've been there once or twice in my life. Right. I've been to Jim's probably 400 times. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I, I Boys, would, the men put them up there. Boys, the men put them up, man. You know, showed them in the video. Once you shown in the video, boys, the men put who up? Oh, Pat's and Geno's. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's a terrible violation. Come on. <laughs> I didn't realize what video is that that has Pat's and Geno's in there. I forget which one it is. Man. See, I mean, again, if you're from Philadelphia, it's always about propping up like the little guy. Mm-hmm. There should have been either Steve's or what about Larry's out there on the main line? Or, right. Or technically, you know, by St. Joe's, right? Right. Oh yeah, the belly filler. Belly, I don't. Yeah. I they, is the belly filler still around? Or they? I'm not sure. Down? I'm not sure. How the cancel culture got to them. Mamas. Mamas is is mamas is okay. That's uh, a belly filler. Whew. Yeah. Well, that there's steaks or chicken palms are ridiculous. You know. You know what? It's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a, a no. I mean, it's a, it's a must, and it's a win every time I go get it. It's um. What is it? Uh, Nick's roast beef. Oh, it's a staple. That's that's a Harry staple. Right? Oh yeah, Nick's roast beef, and you got to get it wet. I want the mm-hmm. burn hands to make it wet. All right, right. here we go. Here we go. <laughs> the Oju Gal Media Property in partnership with Jacob Media. Is that what it's called, the Oju? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we gonna make it wet. <laughs> yeah, the Oju starts now. <laughs> The Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Home loans that fit your life. Rocket Can. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Yes, hour two, and we're jammed. We're going to try and fit as much football as we can 
in the next 20 minutes before we turn things over to Ron Culver, fake news, and then our NFL insider, John McMullen. So here's how you can interact with the program. You can watch us, phillyvoice.com slash the middle. You're listening, of course, on all Sports Map Radio platforms, including the Sports Map Radio app. You can hit us up on Twitter at Harry Mays TU, at B Brooks 72 NBCS, and at Shander Show. And of course, our phone number 800 224 2004, all streaming and everything scrolling on the bottom of the screen. And I don't know how th- it's amazing what happens is we had one small thing on the list, and that was where you can find the best hot dog in the state of Pennsylvania. And I would say 70% of the first hour has been food related. Now you've got three people here that like to eat. Mm-hmm. So yes. if you add Ron in here, so anybody and even people weighing in on the stream saying, thank goodness it's lunchtime or a lot of people I think would be upset at us right now, but we'll try and at least shift the focus somewhat to a couple of crazy props or scenarios that could play out over the weekend. And at some point, maybe we'll wait for John, but at some point, this ridiculous notion the Giants and Lions, according to multiple reports across from Detroit and New York, inquired and discussed a trade for Kenny Galladay. And let me just say this in the final 40 seconds or so before we break on the network, we're live in the stream all the time, phillyvoice.com slash the middle. If this trade would have gone down and the Philadelphia Eagles would have sat idle on their hands, on their rear, watching Detroit's top receiver get traded to a divisional opponent, I would have had to take the day off because my camera and everything else in my studio would have been destroyed. <laughs> I would have been very upset, very upset, but such is life. Well, that, that, that trade isn't finalized, right? That's just a rumor. Oh no, it was just a rumor. Yeah. Okay. A rumor. Harry. All I right, don't right. Jump of the gun just yet here. All right. All right. We're back in three coming up here on sports map radio, the middle, the middle, phillyvoice.com slash the middle as well. The philosophy that guides my work as an attorney is, number one, that we are in place of a position of trust. And that trust provides a certain obligation upon us that we must um, fulfill for each and every client. That a client just simply isn't another number. Uh, While we may have many cases here, um, the client only has one. And they deserve the utmost attention, information, and a full and candid Um, relay of the aspects of their litigation and for us to be available for questions. We understand that the questions involved in litigation go beyond the case. Uh, The the clients often have many challenges that they have to face as a result of the um, incident that led them to us. And we must first and foremost appreciate that and make sure that we're there to help throughout not only the case, but also throughout the client's life. Yeah, Galladay's so, a free agent after this season. That's what they're trying to deal yep. him, deal him. So Ron found the screenshot of it, and it's Motown Philly. I didn't realize that. That's, oh, the Boys to Men video? Yeah, it's a major violation by <laughs> Boys to Men, man. You can't be propping up a yeah. tourist spot. That's just lazy. Yeah, that's like sitting in front of the Rocky statue. I know. Right, 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 right. Guys. And they're legends. Like, you you could do so much if you put Larry's or one of these other ones in there. Hey, I uh, remember the other day I was talking about um, 
Eagles need to go out and get a linebacker. So evidently, um, by NBC Sports Philly, Adam Herman is saying that they that the Eagles are are eyeing two guys that I was I was bringing up. Is that uh, right? Two teams: the Jets and the uh, Texans. Ooh, well, yeah. the Jets they can deal with uh, Douglas, Joe yep. Douglas. Yep. So Zach Cunningham and then um, Avery Williamson. Avery mm. Williamson from the Jets. Okay. You know, so let's do that. Um, if anything, we can we can spend like a good ten minutes on that at, at overtime too. Um, we can bring it up with John though. I think we should you should bring it up with John. Yeah. And mention okay. that you were like give you know prop yourself be like hey I mentioned this and these guys uh, and I have these props too I'm going to throw a couple out at you. Who's the guy from the Texans? Zach who? Zach Cunningham. Yeah, Cunningham. Oh. Zach Cunningham. I love this NFC East West thing. Oh yeah, he played at Vanderbilt. I remember him. Yep. Yeah. He was good too. Well, he yeah. still is good. <laughs> Why are the Eagles still trying to dangle Alshon out there? Nobody wants him. No, here we go. This is the middle on the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios. Here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Uh, we got fake news coming up with Ron Culver in uh, 12 minutes. 28 minutes from now, our NFL insider, John McMullen. And before that, and we mentioned tonight's game, Thursday night football, talked about that in the first hour. I think the, I think we're all on Carolina winning this game. Forget the spread, the numbers and all that. I think unanimously it's safe to say, right, we're all on Carolina winning this game. Barrett, I know you laid out a bunch of reasons why Atlanta could compete, but it didn't sound like you were at least taking the Falcons to win this game. No, you know, the heart – and that's the situation, you know, you're dealing with at this point in the season when you have a team that's, you know, lacking in so much. And, you know, um, you know, you know, you lose your coach. Um, you're just ready for the season to be over. Just get just get out and start new next year. You know, just like everybody's done with 2020 as far as this COVID thing. And, you know, mm -hmm. we just, you know, we just want to chalk this year up as a loss. Well, they want to chalk this season up as a loss. They have all the weapons you could want. From an um, offensive aspect, you know, they could throw the ball, they could run the ball, a decent offensive line. They got the best center, well, one of the best centers in the league, and yet they can't stop anybody on defense, so they're always playing from behind, so they can't really take advantage of the offense that they have. But it's more of a sense of, all right, who else is going to give up on them? Because they've given up on themselves. They're not out there playing. They don't. They're just trying not to get hurt, and that's where they are right now. Now, do you take do you take the same mentality and approach with the Dallas Cowboys coming in this week? I would if it wasn't a if it wasn't a, um, not really the division rival because we already know division rivals, but this is more of one of those games where it's just hated cities, two mm -hmm. cities that really hate each other. So it's different. We could be at this point, we could be 15, 15 and, and, and 0 going mm -hmm. into this game and Dallas could be 0 and 15. It'll still be a good game simply because it's Dallas Eagles. That's why it's an eight, eight o'clock game, a primetime game, you know, because, you know, you everybody's going to watch it. Quiet. It, it, it's it's an awful game. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I justify it. I think the hatred is more one way than both ways. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah. Well, not now, not now. I mean, it's 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 still. They say what they want to say. 
They could be as arrogant as they want to be, but they understand at the end of the day that the Eagles has taken the reins so many times from them as being a team that's supposed to be, you know, America's team. The Eagles have been a thorn in their back for so long that they have to, you know, realize that, yes, this team is, is, is definitely our rival, not Washington, not New York. But the Eagles are definitely the rivals. I think that whole America's team thing is is dead too. That was something so that, also, yep. that NFL yeah. Films promoted back in the seventies. And with people like my age, you you know our age, we remember that stuff, right? Okay, exactly. but the, the younger fans, they're like, what, "What's this America's team crap?" <laughs> Who would you say is America's team right now? It, it, it had to be uh, we say New England, Pittsburgh. But and then the, then we find out they're the most hated team, right? Right. Well, think about it. Like, who is? That's an interesting question. I think it used to be an easy one where you would find the most popular player and be able to then say, well, they're the most popular player, right. therefore, it's part Mahomes. Of their team. I think you're on to something. I, I think LeBron James right now, and it's just even before everything that's happened in 2020, but I think LeBron has always been so polarizing, not because of him, but because of the conversations around him, which right. is not Jordan. Is he Jordan? He's better than Jordan. And people just inherently move away from him because of those skip-like conversations. Tom Brady doesn't carry that weight in Tampa that he did in New England. And I mm -hmm. think a lot of people love to hate Tom Brady. Barrett will tell you it's not just fans. It's players that hated Brady and all. I think you're onto something, though. I, you know, I, I think Patrick Mahomes might be the most popular, positive-framed popular player in sports right how now. can you hate patrick mahomes yeah he's america's <laughs> darling and everything or Ru russell wilson is a little weird like russell wilson is a <laughs> tremendous player and could you know arguably the best quarterback in the league but he's a little weird a lot he's weird awkward. Remember, yeah and and i don't even know if we still have this stuff but do you remember that mr unlimited oh mr unlimited it was, yeah it was just, i mean come on Barrett. that's the guy you're blocking for yeah. that's the guy you got to protect the next thing you know you have to come out and make excuses for a mr unlimited video <laughs> it's almost like he's trying too hard to be cool and he can't you know sometimes you're just one of those guys that you just don't have that cool gene but you're just a baller you know, and, that, and and you have to accept that as who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's, what what he is. He's he's the goofy dude that, that tried to be cool, but he wasn't. He was just accepted because he was a great player. You know, he really doesn't care to be a guy that, you know, that, that that's mainstream. All mm -hmm. he wants to be is just a guy to go out there and play and, you know, wants his guys to have fun with him. And his goofy fun, nobody wants to do. Mahomes is a little goofy, too, but I like it. <laughs> like, it's him. Like, he's just naturally yeah. a little goofy. I think you're right. Yeah. And maybe there is a little sense of he's not trying. Mm -hmm. like right, right. But again, that back to right, he doesn't have to try. He's Ciara, he's the MVP to be, and right. all these other things, a Super Bowl champ and all these other things. And it's it's just a little, you're right, he's just a little awkward. It's not a negative. It's just who he is. But I think you're right with Patrick Mahomes. I don't think that there's another team. Remember, the Yankees for so long crossed boundaries of being a regional team because of their personalities. They don't have to, Aaron Judge is not Derek Jeter. No. Nope. They don't have guys that would across the country. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to stop A Rod even when he was right. with the Yankees. What do you I, call I it? Polarizing. They don't really? have that player anymore. Right. They even yeah. to grab you. And and I think, you know, if it's not going to be LeBron, it's not going to be anybody else in the NBA. Like if it's not LeBron and the Lakers, then it, it ain't going to be James Harden. It's not James Harden. Or no. you know, Kawhi Leonard of the Clippers. Nobody mm -hmm. else has a, a really a right to that. I, it's Harry, not Giannis. 
No. Giannis no. is lovable, truly lovable, but he's not the – I don't think he carries the popularity. And his team, Milwaukee, is not the most liked team. I right. think I think it's the Chiefs. Yeah. I think you have to that. I remember love, lovable Andy Reid. <laughs> has a lot to do with it, right? Yeah. Let me look think about it. A coach. Speaking of coaches, let's look at this. Who's the next guy to get fired? And don't tell me it's Adam Gase, despite him being the odds-on favorite to get fired. Because if Gase hasn't been fired yet, then what in the world would possibly motivate ownership to fire him now? Mm. Um, it's not Doug Marone because Doug Marone is ensuring. That mm-hmm. that team finishes with as few wins as possible. Is it Mike Zimmer? Zimmer is what is Mike Zimmer? Boy, can you really fire Mike Zimmer? What do they make the playoffs two straight years at least? Yeah, no, but they're there. They have been the biggest disappointment in the league. It has to be. I mean, they. Oh, that's tough because I mean, he's a likable guy. What yeah, about Anthony I mean, Lynn? No. No, Anthony Lynn's in a really tough situation. I think Justin Herbert might have bought Lynn some time. Mm. Absolutely. Well, no, you know who bought him some time is the physician that injected uh, Tyrod Taylor and hit and nipped his lung. That's the guy. That's the reason we have Justin Herbert on the field. Can you believe it? Let's call it what it is. Uh, All right. So McCaffrey's out tonight. We can add that to the licks. No Christian McCaffrey tonight. I don't think that changes our no. right? No. No. Right. We also have a st- – things just keep getting better. <clears throat> Pardon me, down in Dallas. And I, I, I'm curious. We th- This came up early in the show, like the first week, about somebody not making weight. And you referenced it really brief, Barrett. But you remember, Don Terry Poe, wasn't he number one pick or dra- first-round draft pick? Yes. Yeah, he was, he was the first-round draft yeah. Yep. And, and uh, released to Kansas City last night. Yeah, they, they couldn't trade him. Tackle. No, he's released by Dallas. Right, right. But they were trying to trade him, I think. Yeah, they were trying to trade him. And Jones, this is the quote to ESPN from Jerry Jones. When you're 30 pounds overweight and you're not doing anything about what's keeping you from performing well in the field, there is no reason to get into the other stuff. The other stuff was why Poe. Uh, as far as like being the only player to take a knee, and maybe there was a reason on that. So I don't know if it's that or if it's Jones just conveniently saying, look, the dude's 30 pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be the first time in the history of the NFL that somebody's released for being too big. Right. But still, though, it, they were running the ball on him, and that's and he's supposed to be a run stopper. He wasn't doing his job. So I think it's more so a fact that he, you know, they needed some kind of scapegoat, and he was just a high price scapegoat that they used to get him out of there. And I don't think he's the only guy. That, I think they cut also someone else, a, a DB. It was actually here. The guy that fell asleep Darryl on Broad Lee. Street. Yeah, he, he fell asleep on, on they, they, the Eagles cut him because he fell asleep on Broad Street. Coming from the club, he's like, all right, I, got, I can't go home. I'm too drunk. Oh, no. I'm going to the, uh, what'd you say? Was he in the car? Yes, he fell yeah. asleep. He couldn't. He left the club. And he's trying to get to the practice facility so he could sleep it off there because he couldn't make it home. All right, uh, you talk about Dallas. Uh, I'm going to read this tweet. This is at KMS22, Kevin Messina. He's a Cowboys fan. I know this guy. He goes, Cowboys free agent additions. Alden Smith, check. Ha ha, X, didn't make the team. Maurice Kennedy, opt out. Gerald McCoy, IR, never took a snap. Everson Griffin traded to Detroit. Don Terry Poe to be released. Now he's been released. Yep. Daryl Worley to be wow. released. 
Darian Thompson stinks. He goes on. Okay. This is, this is even, um, uh, it's actually the same tweet. There's another tweet with a couple of additional names. The, the bottom line is it's a disaster. It Love truly it. is. Yeah. Love I just don't know how Mike, now Mike McCarthy is another one. Look, we're talking about Jerry Jones here. There is no rhyme or reason to what he does. And we already know from Nui and others that Jerry may not listen to the public to make a move every single time, but he, he's doing radio shows. He he talks more than Mark Cuban to the public <laughs> and, and to all these media outlets. Will you shut up? <laughs> well, can, can give us the firing of Mike McCarthy. Because Mike McCarthy's at plus 1,200, and there's some good value right there for the next head coach to be fired. How would it go down? I don't know that it goes down. I I think maybe Nolan gets the ax and saves McCarthy's hide because McCarthy getting fired would make Jerry look really bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Jerry does. I don't like to look bad. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, defensively, they they were scoring points earlier when they had Dak. So McCarthy always had that excuse. Well, we had Dak we'd still be scoring points. But since they're not scoring points now because the 13 quarterback is starting this week, it gives them a little bit of an opportunity to say, all right, then we're going to let go, you know, Mike, because, you know, he's the defensive coordinator. We can't stop anybody. We give you all this talent, and you know, you don't know how to use this talent. Um, I mean, because they hit, they did hit with Alden Smith. But after that, you know, I think Randy Gregory's back also. You know, he's yeah. a guy that can potentially yeah. be a real good pass rusher. Stop, uh, be in the rotation. stop with all this positive talk about Dak. The more positive talk, the more I have to pay him. All right, real quick, 40 seconds, 45 seconds before we break for fake news. How much do the Chiefs win by? How much do the Chiefs? All I need is a number. I don't even need a final score. I'm going to say right now the Chiefs win by 17 points. So you're going, you take the Jets plus the points. Yes, Harry. Um, victory. Chief Chiefs by 20. Absolutely. 20 on the dot. Mm-hmm. Barrett. Oh, it might be 34 to 10. So 24? No, no I'm, I'm, I'll go 28. 28. 28. Wow. Ron, break the tie. 28. What's the question again? Why is it a victory by the Chiefs? <laughs> oh, that's typical, Ron. Oh. I'm used to it. Um... Uh, <laughs> Over the Jets? Yes. Yeah, it's in the high 20s at least, low 30s at least. 29, 28. Yeah, Barrett's yeah, got 28. I'll go, I'll go 31. 31. All right, 17, 20, 28, 31. Eight on Harry, Barrett, Ron, in that order. Fake news next here on Sports Map Radio, the middle, phillyvoice.com slash the middle. The philosophy that guides my work as an attorney is, number one, that we are in place of a position of trust. And that trust provides a certain obligation upon us that we must um, fulfill for each and every client. That a client just simply isn't another number. Uh, While we may have many cases here, um, the client only has one. And they deserve the utmost attention, information, and a full and candid um, relay of the aspects of their litigation and for us to be available for questions. We understand that the questions involved in litigation go beyond the case. Uh, the, the clients often have many challenges that they have to face as a result of the um, incident that led them to us. And we must first and foremost appreciate that and make sure that we're there to help. 
throughout not only the case, but also throughout the client's life. Yeah, I'm all alone now, so it's my show. I'm going to run this show now. So what's up? As we continue this show, I want to talk more about who are going to be the alt. Oh, here come. See, I was about to run the show myself, man. Nobody was here. Yeah, Harry just jets. Well, you know, I'm handling stuff at the household, man. Well, I mean, I was going to, I was going to handle, I was going to handle this, this show saying, all right, you know, what are the probable, what are the probable, uh, uh, lineups that are going to happen, you know, with all these players coming back? Well, what, what we, what we should do is we should spend overtime because we've got John, so we can talk to John about stuff, but what we should do is we should spend like a good 10 minutes on overtime and you can talk about the, the problems, issues, like all the issues with the line. You know, why Jordan would be moved, why Jason Peters would come back at left tackle and, you know, maybe some less obvious stuff that's been talked about because of your familiarity with the you know line and, and playing that spot and just kind of looking at what they might be doing wrong by, I imagine, having JP play. But, we, you know, we've got time to really where you just lead that, that combo because I know that's a big thing for Sunday night. Did you see uh, the Jeez. Penguin AZ? Ask if McMu- McMuffin is going to be calling in from his laundry room or something. <laughs> <laughs> Poor John, man. That was one of the guys. That's a he's a, a loyal Br- Bruno listener, and he would always rip on John. Is that right? Oh yeah. I leave John alone, man. <laughs> All right. You're listening to The Middle on the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Fake news with Ron Culver. At Ron Culver on Twitter, two ends for Ron. He's got three stories. One of them is fake. Last time, both Harry and Barrett were fooled by Ron. I know his tricks. I'm used to his tricks, so hopefully it won't take long for you two to catch on. All right, Ron, take it away, sir. The only problem is that you're sitting there bragging. (laughs) That's always going to be famous last words. Absolutely. I know his tricks. I know Ron Culver. And I'm going to get it wrong today. Watch. I know. I set myself up. You probably will. All right, here we go. Two stories are real. One is fake. Scientists in Japan have successfully cloned 98% pure saber-toothed tiger. We'll be showcasing them at the Higa, Higashiyama Zoo. Sounds right. And Botanical Garden in Nagoya. I already know that's that's fit. They have successfully cloned saber two tigers. <laughs> and we'll be showcasing them in the future. So we're, we're halfway to Jurassic Park. We're halfway there. And, of course, they clone like the most aggressive being mm-hmm. well, they can. Why would you want to clone a sloth? I, you said I 97? What's that? 97%. 98 percent 98 98 oh yes. yeah okay story one is the saber tiger now, right. questions before we move on yeah why isn't ron culver following me on twitter oh jeez. <laughs> now now, yeah, now he's derailed I'm a, I'm so just very, 
That's R O double N for people that want to know. It's R O double N Culver. Right away. Yeah. Okay. You no, know, I was being followed. Yeah. I, Harry <laughs> follows everything going on here. All right. So that's story one. <laughs> story two. Look at that. Look at all the notifications I have. I should roll through this sometime. Everyone's <laughs> number two. Costco has pulled. Hmm. I'm going to butcher this name. Uh, Chow Co. Chow Co. Costco has pulled Chowco coconut milk from stores due to concerns that monkeys were trained to be super coconut pickers until their death. Oh, so this is like a fair trade thing. Mm. Right? A fair like, trade? Yeah, like ethical treatment of animals. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right? So you buy coffee that's fair trade, that's not yeah. done through like extreme conditions. So mm -hmm. you think that it was pulled because monkeys in ridiculously harsh conditions were pressed to pick coconuts. coconuts until they died until they die yeah so that was their life was just picking right. coconuts until they die ron you're killing me man where the hell do you find this man it's it's amazing and then finally story number three armed rooster stabs a police officer to death as he intervenes in illegal cockfight in the philippines now this wow. i have to recuse myself because <laughs> i did see yeah, <laughs> this was a viral story that went on and you started to look at that and think, well, how the hell did a police officer get killed by a rooster? Like, you know, was he in the ring or something? And apparently and, and Ron, you can correct me, but this was after the fact, like the rooster was still technically alive. Yeah. And the police officer well, the didn't know was very much alive. But usually they outfit these roosters with weapons. Exactly. Because, you know, back in their cloth. Just yep. watching them brutally attack each other with their talons isn't good enough anymore. Now we got to, you know, give them shanks. Yeah. Yeah, that's a true story. So that one's good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say the fake story is the one that sounded more real, and that's the monkeys with the coffee. It's going to uh, be one of two. It's going to be the first of the two stories. All right. So Harry's locked into story number one. No, story number two is the fake story. Oh, I'm going story number one's the fake story. All right. Well, hold on a second. Story two is the monkeys. Correct. Yeah. Two is the monkeys. Story number one is the saber-toothed cats or uh... saber-toothed tigers. Now, what makes... Okay, here's my question to you, Harry. Hmm. Because I, I think I'm more with Barrett than I am with you, but I want to make sure that I'm not missing anything. What makes story two less believable? I understand... No. It make it's more believable. That's why I'm going the oh, opposite. Okay. I think that's something that I could actually, you know, read in a newspaper and say, "Oh, yeah, you know, like Whole Foods is stopping selling this because of, you know, the animals pick it and they're not treated right." It sounds like a real story, so I'm going to go contrarian and say that that's the reason it's the fake story. That's the you know you think that's the fake story. Well, you know, yeah. Ron Ron averages like one and a half monkey stories per week. When we did it five <laughs> days in a row. <laughs> Right, you would have a monkey story like 1.5 days a week. God, yeah, I should go back and look at the tape. Yeah, and I see mean, what kind of monkey stories I've, I've had. There'd be this. like a village in Indonesia that was overtaken by monkeys on fire. <laughs> well, that, that does happen. <laughs> that, all this stuff, that, that was, and that's all because of, that's COVID's fault. <laughs> but I'm sitting there thinking, I can see a, a monkey climbing up a tree and throwing down coconuts or coconuts, coffee. not coffee. Is it because you saw a drug dealing monkey in Hangover? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what it was. He's going back to his hangover days. Uh, I'm gonna lock. Okay, so I'm gonna lock in with Barrett. I think I, I see. I can't ignore Harry's logic, and that logic has played out for me 
and I'm just torn right now. So you know what? Me I'm, too. I'm going to flop. I'm going to flop. I'm going to roll story two, and I'm going to just ride the coattails of May's logic here. Barrett, it's Uh-oh. up to you, man. Are you going to stay on one, or are you going to pile on with two? Uh, I mean, I, I'm thinking Jurassic Park, so it's, it's, it's hard for me, man. But because I'm starting to know, you know, get to know Ron now, because it sounds so outlandish and so, you know, so crazy to think, I might have to go with the monkey as being the one that's not going to be right, just because it's, it makes so much sense. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Harry too. I'm gonna go with number two. I'm gonna go with all number right. two. So all three of us are on number two. This is like if mm-hmm. we lose this, this is like one of those games where 95 percent of the money, 90 percent of the bets are on one team, and then right. that team comes in and wins by 30. Yeah, it's no, like Herb, Herb Street, Pollock. Uh, Reese Davis and uh, Desmond Howard are all picking the same game. No, you know what? No, this is more so. This is more so. All right. Oh, Harry just jumped off the bridge. I'm gonna go jump off the bridge too. <laughs> That's what this is. Okay, Ron, what say you? What's the fake story? Well, if you if like you had mentioned before, Aton, we've had a few monkey stories. Most of my monkey stories are true. Yes, and so is this one. Got it. So we're so, all wrong. So you're all wrong. Wow. Jurassic Park Japan, is the yeah, fake one. Jurassic Park is yet to be uh, yet to be out there. No okay. saber-toothed wow. cats or tigers have been cloned as of yet, hopefully. Here's my that lone. We, know of. we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Hmm. All right. Here's my lone piece monkeys, of advice. Yeah, Costco is pulling uh, whatever this coconut milk is, Chowco coconut milk, because PETA intervened and let them know that these monkeys just all they do is just pick coconuts until they die. Wow, that's insane. So, uh, there we go again. We jumped off the bridge. Yes, but don't. Here's the thing don't leave that logic. Ron will even admit <laughs> to you, Harry. The, the story that seems to be one way is mm-hmm. usually not right. And Ron has that in him. It's not every day, as you see, it's not all the time, but but he has it in him. So, my, my logic was right, but I it just wasn't that. right today. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I agree to that. He's tricky, man. I'm telling you. This dude is tricky. John McMullen's going to join us. Our NFL insider coming up. Barrett predicted a move that could come down for the Eagles, maybe even before Sunday night. And also, who the hell is starting at the quarterback? All right, so John's going to join us here in three minutes. We'll see if we can get John up here on the stream. Did you see this uh, Nebraska football thing? No, what is Nebraska, of course, oh. can't play against Wisconsin because of the, the COVID at Wisconsin. Right. So they wanted to replace the game with Chattanooga. Tennessee Chattanooga was willing to play them and get a paycheck from Nebraska just so they could play a football game. And the Big Ten said no. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's right. Because they're saying they won't they don't want to play any games outside yeah. of the uh of the conference. I would love it if if Nebraska just said, screw the Big Ten. I'm going back to the Big 12. <laughs> would they have them, you think? Yeah, they're sure they'd have them. There's no, there's, there's not oh, even, yeah. There's not even 12 teams in the Big 12. It's only 10. Right. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, it's not I, – I mean, I definitely think the Big 12 would be open. I just I, – I mean, would they take them like, oh, yes, yes, yes. You think there's some coup going on right now? Because if you're the Big 12 – there may not be a better opportunity to woo Nebraska if you truly want them. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, Minshew has several fractures in his thumb. Yeah, Did you see thought, that? I can't imagine the guy plays much for the rest of the year. Right. right. This could be Glennon's show. Yeah. Oh, boy. 
He's like a bad Nick Foles, <laughs> Mike Glennon. You know what I mean? Like he's like he's that. Foles on one of his bad, you know, drunken giraffe exactly. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Foles, Foles drunken. It doesn't even mix. Yeah, I got to credit Anthony for that because I think he came up with that first. <laughs> that when Foles, you know, does that. He, he does that stuff in the backfield where he's like turning around. He looks like a drunken giraffe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was, I think it was one of Anthony's buddy. I think it was like boo or somebody. I think Anthony read that text. Cause I was, oh, yeah. I was still doing the show. John had left and I think it might've been, I think Mo Maureen was gone at the time too. I think it was just oh. me, Jamie. So I went oh. down like this. Yo, yo Mo, I just got a text from Jimmy head. And, and, and then you as the producer have to say, oh, yeah, what, what did Jimmy say? Uh, Jimmy had, he called Nick Foles a drunken giraffe. <laughs> that took off. That was one of the best comparisons. The drunken giraffe. He's, he scrolls his phone the entire show, Aton. You can attest to that, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got notes on there. Oh, man. Who does? Anthony. Does he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. Back in ten. I don't. I don't see John. Do you? No. Oh, did you know there's a Halloween candy bowl? Oh, here we go. This is the middle on the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. So I'm, I'm curious, is there a competition? Is there an eating competition? And what I mean by that is it doesn't matter what the food is, just the fact that it's who can eat the most of fill in the blank, where you wouldn't bet on Joey Chestnut. Right? I mean, isn't he synonymous with eating? He is the goat. He's the goat. Yes. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Like, I don't think there would be anything. If it's hot dogs or a bowl of Halloween candy, I, mm -hmm. I don't think that there would be anything that would prevent me from betting Joey Chestnut as the favorite if it means eating something. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, so this is what's going on. I I'm sure you guys have no idea about this. I had no idea about this until I just saw this. But there is actually a... Halloween candy steeplechase that's going on this weekend, okay? Where? <laughs> Online, of oh. course. On YouTube. DraftKings has it on their YouTube page. So the contest starts at 7.30 on the East Coast, Halloween night. The rules, it's a steeplechase-style event, six types of candy. So competitors will have six minutes to go through one-pound servings of each of the candies. The winner is the first to finish or whomever eats the most of the following in this order, second place is second to finish, or whoever eats the second most. So here's the order. And they hit you right away with the worst. Number one is candy corn. Ooh. Like, you talk about diving into a cold pool head first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the worst candy out there, candy corn. I like what candy corn, man. You do? Yeah, I eat it, man. You're it's the only straight one. sugar, man. That's all it is. It's colored sugar. Number Tick, two. What is it? Kit Kats. Oh, I love those. Yeah, break you off a piece. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, nope. stuff it in a, in a jar of peanut butter and then eat it. M&M's. <laughs> right? M&M's are great. Yeah. 
Milky Ways. Now, they're not the peanut M&Ms, though, right? They're just the no, straight M&Ms. Okay. Regular ones, right. Milky Ways. And they, I imagine these are all minis here. Yeah. I, and and they're unwrapped. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Milky I'm not Ways. good with that. I'm not good with the Milky Ways. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. Snickers, number five. That's pretty good. And yeah, then okay. six, to wrap things up, the mini Reese's. Mini Reese's, yeah. That's the greatest candy ever. <laughs> I just, I, I mean. It's not even close. How can you get through this? The winner is the first to finish, and it's one pound servings of each. At the end, if you finish this, you have done a pound of candy corn, a pound of Kit Kats, a yeah. pound of M&Ms, Milky Way Snickers, and Mini Reese's. You're going to go into diabetic shock. He and might die. By the time you hit four. Yeah. He might die, bro. You, mm -hmm. you can't do that. Well, there are other people involved in this, you know, and, and one of them is Mickey Sudo, who is. Nah, that's who I know, yeah. Yeah, she is fantastic at what she does, which is eat anything and everything in her sight. Is that the Black Widow? No, no, no. That's Sonia. Oh, okay. Sonia is gone. I think she's retired. Mm. But yes, Mickey Sudo is in, she's the only woman in this, and it's Joey Chestnut. And the, the thing is, you're really just watching Joey Chestnut pound six pounds of candy, and everybody else, maybe not Mickey, but everybody else, just suffer through this. See, isn't like. I... Isn't eating candy to be enjoyed? Yes. Right. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't eat, a, try to eat a pound or even a half a pound of some a certain candy in a certain amount of time because I want to enjoy it. Now is is is, is uh Takira uh nope. Kobayashi? He's he's not in it. I think he's retired for years. He's retired now. Yeah, I haven't seen him in any of these competitions, even the hot dog eating competition. What is the average shelf oh, yeah, life retired. for a competitive eater? Like they always say, an NFL player, the average shelf life's like two and a half, three years. Yeah, what is it yeah. for a competitive eater? I wonder. I mean, their, their stomachs are probably so messed up. I mean, how does your stomach put all that in there? I don't know, man. I mean, is there a Hall of Fame of competitive eaters? It's a great question. I don't know. Has has MLE Major League Eating been around long enough to have a Hall of Fame? MLE. Wh where would it be? Would it be in Coney Island? Ooh. <laughs> like I think Coney Island could use another attraction. I agree. You know. Now like eatfeats.com has removed the MLE Hall of Fame page. But Joey Chestnut is the odds-on favorite at minus 110. And I'm thinking, why? Look, minus one ten. That that's a week in the NFL, right? There. Yeah, that's eleven to ten odds. I mean, come on, exactly. give me a break. Why wouldn't you put all your money on Joey Chestnut? How in the world does Joey? Ch and here's the thing about Chestnut. And and you guys, when you're talking about these individual things, where you're only as good as your last meal, if you will, Chestnut doesn't just pop in. This isn't like a golfer who is three or four weeks out from a major that just wants to test something out in a small tournament that nobody's ever heard of. And I know mm -hmm. you, you know what I'm talking about. Sure. Harry. You know, I didn't even notice you switched up the hat. Yeah. Switched up the hat, but you know, we, golfers will do that. Tennis players, individual boxers. No, because you, you get knocked out, you get knocked out, but you know, Joey Chestnut's not going to dip his toe into a pool just to kind of see what it's like. Joey Chestnut's coming into win. He's there to win. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, That's you know, you're right. You, you know, what really pisses me off. The majority of those guys are just and girls are just really, you know, small guys or like slender guys. And then, you know, it's always the big guy. He's the odds on favor. You look at him and he taps out so early, you know, he's not even a factor. But yet this dude's weighing about 160 pounds, just pounding down hot dogs and hamburgers and everything, just like an endless pit. And they win. I don't understand that, man.
Mm. You know, it just doesn't look right. Look yeah. at I me. Mean, look at look. Look at look. Miko Sudo. Yes. She's a tiny little thing. Mm-hmm. I'm pissed off. She can eat more than me. <laughs> Have you ever attempted doing any competitive eating? Like no. legit competitive eating, not no. you know, bet somebody at the shrimp stop that you could eat a pound of shrimp. <laughs> no, I I did go it. I tried to do uh, one of those uh, those twenty pound um, steak or whatever you know. I've oh, the tomahawk big, steaks, like yeah. the big uh, yeah. I tried to eat one of those. It made a punk out of me early, bro. I got <laughs> like I got like a little over halfway through it, and I wanted to just throw up, man, meat sweats and all that, bro. So I, I like, bet you know, Baldy could do that. There's no question he could. Yeah. Hey, real quick, we brought up this sports insider thing about the Steelers being the most hated team in the NFL, meaning the most states, eight of the 50 states, and that's the most, hate the Steelers. Well, we should mention that the southern part of the United States is pretty anti-us. Southern (laughs) part of the, like, and I mean left to right, right to left, a lot of people hate the Eagles. Philadelphia, it's not just, it can't just be Dallas. It can't just be the Cowboys. But which states? A lot. I'm I'm looking at this here. You've got really the majority of like the South Central states from Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico. Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, Louisiana is Falcons territory. Oh, okay. Saints Falcons. Yeah. Yes. Otherwise, I mean, you've got four big states. Well, those are all Cowboy fans. Oklahoma is Cowboy fans, right? New Mexico is a lot of Cowboy fans. Does Houston or San Antonio really hate Philadelphia like that? I mean, does the city of Houston and Ron's in there? So I I don't know. I don't speak for that area. But, I mean, does Houston really hate the Philadelphia Eagles more so than? If I was in Houston, I would still hate the Steelers for what they always did to the Oilers back in the day. Absolutely. I mean, there were so many good Oilers teams. With Dan Pastorini and and uh, you know, Earl Campbell, all those teams, they always lost to the Steelers. Yeah, but from what I've learned here, Houston's hatred only lies with the Cowboys. Mm. Interesting. It's so been a, it's been a bloodbath for years. Is it just a competition? No, I think it has a lot to do with uh, Houston being a blue collar town and Dallas seen as a white collar town. Ah, uh, got it. Yeah, well, Dallas is a white collar town, and they all hate America's team. Mm-hmm. Everybody hates America's team. Arkansas. America's team. Arkansas. Think about this. Arkansas hates Philadelphia more than any other state. Is that simply because of the proximity to Oklahoma and Texas, North Texas being Dallas? I have no clue why Arkansas would hate anything except for themselves. What's in Arkansas? <laughs> the Razor Packs. That's it. They're getting right. better. Now, now, John has joined us, and I, I want to make sure we can bring John up here as well as have a little chat with our buddy John McMullen. Now, it's going to be a little tight here. Ron, what's the earliest we can break to come back and have a longer segment at the end? Anytime. Okay. So <laughs> I'm just curious. You know, it's show, man. You can do what you want. Yeah, but we've got affiliates. No, and... no, no. If you, wanted, like, if you wanted a break like in the – uh, in the next minute or so, that's fine. Okay. Well, I was going to break guys, now. You guys have you guys have rambled on long enough. Fair enough. So what we'll do is we'll take an early. Oh, break. come on now. That's not rambling. That's some quality entertainment going on right now. We're talking about eating, uh, Ron. You know, I agree. I think if you do have a major league eating uh, Hall of Fame, it does deserve to be in Coney Island. 
(laughs) So he was listening to the show. Don't don't let him fool you. Don't let him fool Mm. you. All right, a quick note. We'll take a break. We'll bring in our buddy John McMullen. We're live in the stream as well, phillyvoice.com slash the middle. A reminder, though, to not take any chances with COVID-19 and your family's health. Use the Exergen temporal scanner to check temperatures before dinner and before you leave home in the morning. Exergen takes an accurate rating in seconds and is the number one thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Stay safe with Exergen. It's the middle, phillyvoice.com slash the middle and sports map radio. Oh, John. Hey, guys. I miss What's hearing John's right? voice. Yeah, you missed that, huh? <laughs> A little bit. A little bit. How are you guys? Good. Do you miss uh, the Mike Gill show? Ooh. Uh, I like Mike. Why is course. this going somewhere? No, yeah. we all like Mike. Yeah. I just wanted to know if you miss being on there every day. Uh, you know, it was a successful segment. I will say mm-hmm. that. South Jersey's number one segment. Who did he replace Why you not? with? Mosher uh, and uh, the, inside and the, the other birds guys. Oh, okay. Mosher and Kaplan. No, I don't think yeah. Kaplan slums it with that show. No, no. Yeah, he's on once a week, I think. They, oh, they have like three guys. It's like Mosher, Kaplan, and the new guy, Albert. They're good guys. No, Andrew. But, yeah, Andrew. Andrew. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew's a good guy. He's, Andrew who? Yeah. He's a hard Andrew worker. Andrew DeCecco, I believe. Yeah, oh, I don't okay. Know his name. But yeah. he's, uh, yeah, he works He works hard. I believe it's DeCecco, right? Yeah. It's the double, like C, the double C's. On the an Italian last name is usually a CH, right? Oh, yeah. Andrew DeCecco. Yeah. yeah. Not like Bonaducci. <laughs> you just stuck on this Bonaducci. I'm going to say it tonight, too. I, I know it. <laughs> I know now, it. it's funny because you saw that chapter thing. Did you guys see that with Mike McCartney, the agent who always gets mixed up for Mike McCarthy uh, constantly on Twitter? People yell at him. Have you guys seen that? No. Basically, for years, Packers fans or Cowboys fans now they go on and yell at Mike McCartney, thinking it's ah. Mike McCarthy on Twitter, <laughs> uh, and it's it just never stops. They don't figure it out. It's insane. Oh, when uh, we're back in, I guess forty seconds. So, so what, Schefter? Schefter... Oh, okay. Four. Chloe has COVID. Chloe. Chloe Kardashian. Yeah. Is there, a, she's got to be the most famous Chloe, right? No, oh, there was a porn star back in the 90s, no, Chloe, I, I, that was pretty famous. Spelling, though. That's the H. She's got to be another famous Chloe. The C. Right now, I'm saying. Isn't there? Yeah. No question right now. I mean, Harry's right back in the day. Who was that, Harry? Just Chloe. Chloe what? No, Chloe. just Chloe. She was like a soccer player. She just went by one name. Yeah, if you got one name, you know you're a star. If you go by That's right. AutomotiveMath.com today. All right, here we go. Middle on the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios. 
here's Aton Shander, Barrett Brooks, and Harry Mays. Hi, uh, we've got John McMullen at JF McMullen, our NFL insider, and we don't have a ton of time, so I'll let Barrett take it away because it looks like there could be some news regarding the Eagles, maybe even ahead of Sunday night, and this is something Barrett's been on for a little bit. No question, you know, I mean, just looking at how the, the Eagles roster is constructed and, you know, we all need offensive linemen, but it's harder for an offensive lineman to get into the lineup and, and really be prepared to play. So I think they're going to go with the guys they have now, but possible trades at the linebacker position. And I heard a couple rumblings and I, and I had said this before we even started, you know, I, like, I looked at the teams. All right. What teams are out of this right now who, who are looking to sell, who would want to get some quality linebackers going? The first two teams I thought of was um, the Jets and the Texans and two two names that came to mind was Zach Cunningham and Avery Williamson. So what do you think of those two players and what's the possibility of them bringing them in? Well, I, I think the Eagles are going to default to, to buyers. If you want to use that baseball terminology, it's just Howie Roseman's sort of mentality. But I mean, this team is up against it from a salary cap standpoint because of next year, first time ever, the sour cap's going to go down because of, of COVID-19 and all the financial impacts. So the Eagles have kind of bent, budgeted the money they have right now to roll over. So they won't be in quite as much difficulty next year um, as they would be if they were right up against the cap. So that's a number, uh, that's a concern with Cunningham because he's pretty expensive. Yeah. So yeah. If, if you think about it from that standpoint, I, you know, if, Last year, it was Gerard Avery, a young player who's on his rookie contract that's very cost-effective. I think that's the type of player the Eagles would target, uh, but there's no question they want to upgrade on the offensive line and at linebacker. The problem, as you mentioned, Barrett, offensive line, this is an offensive line-deficient league, so nobody's giving away good offensive linemen. It's more right. difficult to find players there. And Jason Peters is coming back, and people aren't going to be happy, but he's going to be at left tackle. Um, and they're getting slowly healthier. Lane Johnson is going to try to play as he always does. So maybe things are getting a little bit better, certainly better than the Cowboys. They have the same kind of issues on the offensive line. Hey, John, if the, if the Eagles are going to lose this football game, what what has to happen in order for them to lose – to uh, Ben DiNucci's Dallas Cowboys? Uh, they're not going to make it the two blocks from Novacare to Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, I, I don't see too many paths to victory for the Cowboys, if it is Ben DiNucci. Now, Andy Dalton's back at some team meetings. He's not practicing today. There's still a chance he can pass the protocol. And then you're talking about a veteran quarterback. I, I don't think it's likely they would beat the Eagles even with Andy Dalton, but at least you could see it happening. Ben DiNucci, seventh-round pick against Jim Swartz, a veteran defensive coordinator. Boy, that's tough. And and this team's not that good to be I, – I just mentioned the offensive line. There's mm -hmm. no Teron Smith. There's no Lael Collins. There's no Travis Frederick anymore. Zach Martin's supposed to be back, so that'll help a little bit. But I, they can't block for the good quarterbacks. Seventh rounder, that's going to be a that's going to be a problem. John, I'm curious. Just about a, a minute or so before we hit overtime, and you're more than welcome to hang with us on that as we can continue this conversation. Do you see any legit, like realistic shot that I know it could happen? Anything could happen. 
But do you see any realistic shot that Atlanta wins tonight? Boy, I mean, you know, Atlanta's the only team, if you look at these advanced statistics and these always these probabilities, it's the only team in history, I think, that has had a 98% win probability and finds ways to lose games. I think they've done it three times. So, <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> it's one of those years. And, and you know, football so an it's such an emotional game. What once the snowball starts rolling down the hill the wrong way, it's mm-hmm. difficult for these teams to stop it. It, it because it's such a grind. And Barrett can talk to that better than than anybody. It's such a grind. That's why you see teams heading in negative directions, and it's really, really difficult to stop it. Yeah, they're ready to turn around and pack their stuff up and get out of there, man. Oh, but um. Oh, Here's a quick little – we've got about 50 seconds left, so just a quick little tease on overtime. We'll continue to talk locally about what's happening here with some movement on the offensive line, but we might have found an example of player-slash-coaching malpractice that was worse than James Franklin, Bird, and everything else that happened with Penn State losing to Indiana, and it's right with the Falcons – So we'll hit that. Some overtime stuff coming up. We're back on a football Friday. Barrett Brooks, Harry Mays, Aton Shander, John McMullen, Ron Culver. It's the middle. All right. Wanted to get that out. Now we're live on the stream here. So we've got overtime. And uh, I'm going to get this video up in a second. But I didn't mean to jump in, Barrett. Take it away, brother. No, no. I'm just saying, um, what are the chances you think that Alshon gets – to wear another jersey this year, you know, because it's, it's evident that he's not going to play for the Eagles. No, the Eagles don't want him to play. And, it, you know, that has changed drastically, no matter what they say about this calf injury. And, that, you know, I think it's real. He tweaked it. But, look, if Travis Fulgham didn't turn into Travis Fulgham over the past four weeks, Alshon would have been out there. They, they kind of walked into this Fulgham thing. Mm-hmm. And now they're similar type players. You know, Travis is 6'2", big, long, big, rangy, rangy receiver, catching radius, all the stuff that Alshon does. So, you know, Alshon's not going to be here. I don't disagree with the Eagles' sentiment. He's not going to be here next year anyway. And you've, you've found, you've tapped into this Travis Fulgham thing. He needs to be on the field uh, at least till he plays his, himself off the field. So they would love to get rid of him, even if – for a conditional seventh round pick. Green Bay is the one team. They need receivers. Aaron Rodgers needs receivers. He's a veteran guy. They have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Maybe you can entice them, but that's a lot of money for a guy who hasn't played. Nobody, nobody outside Philadelphia knows if he's healthy enough to even play. So there's so many issues you got to deal with with potentially trading all Sean Jeffrey. But the Eagles I could love see. to do it. I could see AJ Green going to Green Bay. Yeah, that'd be a better fit for that, mm-hmm. no question. But Aaron now what, wants some, somebody. Now, what do you think happens now that it's out there that the Eagles were looking to trade Zach Ertz? How do you think that all? And now, of course, he can't play. You can't trade him because he's hurt. How do you think that all plays out? Well, a lot of the Zach Ertz stuff. I mean, Zach Ertz wants out. That's mm. you know, that's part of it as well. Yeah, Zach has. Zach was upset. Uh, if you go back to January, he should not have played in that postseason game. He had a broken rib. He had a lacerated kidney. You saw every doctor leading up to that game 
no way he can play. He played through it, and he doesn't think he got the respect from the organization, the reciprocation for doing that. So mm. it, it's kind of a two-way street. And from the Eagles' standpoint, they're looking at it like, well, we got some receivers now. The best way to win in this league is to get more speed on the field, more 11 personnel, more three receiver sets. So if Fulgham continues to develop, Jalen Rager is going to be back on the field likely Sunday night. If he starts to develop, you want three receivers on the field anyway, more often than two tight ends. So you want 11 personnel, not 12 personnel. And Dallas Goddard would be cheaper than Zach Ertz. So either way, the injury affected the trade, but I, I don't think Zach is going to be here next year. Wow. That's, that's pretty big right there. It's going to be major to yeah. see how this team moves on with a guy who was a staple for a little bit. Now, I want to play this real quick before we talk about Jason Peters and, and this offensive line. Remember what happened with that Hoosiers-Nittany uh, Lions game, Penn State-Indiana. Indiana gets the ball back, fateful final drive and regulation, and then that two-point conversion that forced overtime. And then at that point, it's anybody's game, as you saw what happened. And clearly, there was a miscommunication at best. Worst case is that nobody was prepared for it. Well, remember, this thing happened where Atlanta scored and then gave Detroit the ball back in the final possession for Detroit to march down the field and win the game. This is the audio of Matt Ryan talking to Todd Gurley. Now, can you hear that or no? No. Ah, jeez. You know, I, I swear. Try it again. Try it again. Try it again. Uh, I'll get it up. I'll get it up. I'll get it up. So it's he's basically yeah, telling Gurley not to score. He, yeah, he told him not to score. He told him to go down. And, and you know, sometimes coaches get criticized. Uh, quarterbacks get criticized, especially. Uh, and they tell guys what to do, and guys mm -hmm. don't do it. So, well, what if he has a, a contract in his a clause in his contract that uh, gives him bonuses for touchdowns? Well, <laughs> that's possible too. But I mean, the team's know, going nowhere. All, all you, you know, have to do as a coach though. is tell your players. And and you know, the second part of that is, unless you're Adam Gase, you're not going to throw people under the bus. So you're not going to go out <laughs> in public and say so-and-so didn't do what I told him to do. At least most coaches aren't going to do that. I don't know I if that's it. what happened with James Franklin. This is that uh, was bad. Well, yeah, it's, both are bad. Hey, don't score. Yeah, I would Don't score. Bad. Don't score. Get the first. <laughs> get the first. Get down. They give this to Gurley. Gurley through the middle. They're going to let him score. And he went in. That's a big mistake <laughs> by Todd Gurley. Lions are going to get now, it back. What a mental At mistake. least in that case, Todd tried not to score. Yeah, he it looked like he tried to veer right off to the right. right. At the very end, right? Yeah. Very yeah. end. But man. You, you could see him going, oh, I'm too close. And he tried to veer off and then momentum took him in. So at least he had it in the back of his mind hmm. that he shouldn't have scored. But yeah, he was told you got to go down before that. Same thing, make you laugh, make you cry. All-star guy wants to go out there and score anyways. All right, let's look at what happens. Barrett, I mean, you play it on the offensive line. John, you've covered the NFL forever. Harry and I are here with observations of people that have talked about this game for a long time. I, I don't know, and, and again, I'm not saying it, but I'm more suggesting it. 
I don't know what the Eagles gain by putting Jason Peters at left tackle and moving Mailata out based on how Mailata has played so far in the last couple of games. And I might be missing something obvious. That's why I defer to the longtime insider, the former player with a ring, and Harry, who's as observant as it gets. Uh, you know, I, I think you do get you get a, you get a little bit of consistency with left with um, Jason Peters being a left tackle. But you know, since um, you know, since my lot is the young guy, it'll be easier for him to move around as opposed to having Jason Peters move over there. You know, it's, it's hard to keep teaching old dog new tricks, and he's just young enough that he could go over there and play right tackle and and, and it not affect him like it would affect JP. Okay, real quick before John or Harry jump in. Peters was brought back to play guard. They brought right. him back to teach him a new trick. Right, right. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I see both sides of this. I just kind of mentioned with all Sean, you know, JP's not going to be here next year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and the second part of that is Andre Dillard has proved nothing as far as being the future left tackle of this team other than he was a first-round pick. So, right. To me, if you have two guys in the mix, maybe Jordan can do it. Maybe Andre can do it. But you can throw two pitches instead of one, and hopefully you get a strike. So that's how I kind of look at it. I I think the Giants game affected their thinking because Jordan did not play well in that game. He had been playing well up until that game. But Marcus Golden kind of gave him fits. Uh, He got traded to Arizona after the game he played so well. Um, so I think that played into it. And, and then you saw Doug talk about it and Carson, you kind of got the feeling, okay, JP's going back to left tackle. The Eagles always default to, we're going to win this division. We're going to get this right. We're going to hit the playoffs hot Mm -hmm. and they're going to try to win games in the playoffs. I don't necessarily agree with it, but that's their, that's their thought process. Yeah. That's fool's gold. If you ask me. Well, you know, no, I agree with that. Yeah. You say, you say it's a chance, you know, everybody's record nah, is zero and zero. Not in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. All right. No. I try. We'll be back on Friday. We thank everybody for popping in. We thank John McMullen. You can follow him. Appreciate it, John. JF McMullen at Harry Mays TU at B Brooks 72 NBCS at Shander Show. Mr. International, let's talk about Jim Schwartz. He does well against rookie quarterbacks. And Ben is no exception. You think there's any uh, merit to that real quick on the way out, John? Yeah, I do. Uh, Jim does generally do very well against rookie quarterbacks. He's far more uh, nuanced than fans tend to give him credit for. He throws a lot at young quarterbacks as far as looks. And um, they're rookies for a reason, generally. And they need time to grow. And they typically have uh, have struggles against coordinators like that. Hey, John, uh, final thought here. What are, what is your thought on my new number one seed, Matilda DeAngelis? Hmm. Uh, I, I got to do more research. <laughs> are you not, not watching not the Undoing? It's the new the age. Undoing on yeah, HBO. Okay. Yeah. So All right. I'm, that's exactly what I'm doing as soon as I leave this program. Because if it's a number one seed, I'm assuming it's pretty impressive. Very <laughs> impressive. <laughs> I'm sure nobody's around you for, you know, maybe 20, 30 minutes after you watch the end. I have, 
I have 50 Zoom calls a week now, and I've gotten through them all without any personal scandal. So I'm very proud oh, yeah. of that. <laughs> good thing. Don't watch the undoing simultaneously while having a Zoom call. You don't want to end up like that guy from uh, the That's post. That's what I'm saying. I'm no forever. personal scandals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> John, you're my guy now, man. You are my guy now. <laughs> awesome stuff. All right, guys. We appreciate everybody hanging with us. For John McMullen, Barrett Brooks, Harry Mays, I'm Aton Shander. It's the middle. We're back on a Friday, 11 o'clock, right here, phillyvoice.com slash the middle. The philosophy that guides my work as an attorney is, number one, that we are in place of a position of trust. And that trust provides a certain obligation upon us that we must um, fulfill for each and every client, that a client just simply isn't another number. Uh, while we may have many cases here, um, the client only has one, and they deserve the utmost attention, information, and a full and candid um, relay of the aspects of their litigation and for us to be available for questions. We understand that the questions involved in litigation go beyond the case. Uh, the, the clients often have many challenges that they have to face as a result of the Um, incident that led them to us. And we must first and foremost appreciate that and make sure that we're there to help throughout not only the case, but also throughout the client's life.